0: Next up is Gaming Moment of the Year. Uh, previous winners in this category 2015 was the hospital scene from Metal Gear Solid 5, and 2016 was E1M1, the first level of Doom 2016. The nominees in this category are Awaking in the Chamber in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mesquite Texas in Wolfenstein II The New Colossus, The Festival in New Donk City in Super Mario Odyssey, All Is Not What It Seems in Prey, The Machine Village in Near Automata, Climbing a Tall Neck. Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm Mr. King Dice in Cuphead Fighting Daddy, which sounds considerably <laughs> more disturbing than uh, it did in my head when I wrote that down in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard uh, the audition scene in Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus and Gregory's story in What Remains of Edith Finch.
1: The chamber
2: from Zelda, is that literally the beginning?
0: Yes, when like I, the, I, I... The kind of, that whole sequence where the world opens up kind of
2: Got no affinity for that, baby. In the bin. <laughs> I'm listen. I'll say now. In preparations for the final one, I'm I'm probably the low man on Zelda. So so yeah. I got no I, I I got no reference for that at
3: I, all. I will say as well, in terms of moments for Zelda, that's not one of the more memorable ones for me. Like I have a lot of memorable moments from Zelda, but the actual awakening in the chamber is. I don't know. When I think of awakening in the chamber, uh, I think of Doom.
0: <laughs> when when most things are brought up in conversation, you're still thinking of Doom, Mark. So that's not really it.
3: That's a fair point. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I, I don't. I didn't think this was going to win. Uh, I wanted to put some moment from Legend of Zelda on the list, and this had already been nominated by somebody else. So I kind of just chimed in on it. Um, I think, as a whole legend of zelda is an incredibly memorable experience i couldn't point to one particular moment for me um so i'm happy to see it go um just something from zelda had to go on here uh that's for sure if i had a personal choice if it hadn't already been nominated i might have gone for something like the really like surprisingly protracted side quest that involves you building an entire city in that game which is fucking bananas
1: i i think Uh, i don't know if this is my fault or not dave but i know that i put the, the moment so the first moment not the actual chamber part of it but when you come out into the open world and you look around and then you realise yeah. that everything you can see you can go to every corner you yeah. can explore and you just realise there's that moment where just the sheer scale of the game sort of just yeah. hits you. And, and to me, that was like a the, the moment of like my initial experiences with the game that was really impactful. So I don't know if I conveyed that well, and I don't know if you sort of <laughs> interpreted Awakening yeah, in the Chamber that's, from me putting that down.
0: Uh, well, Izzy, I thought that's what you meant. Uh, I can't remember how you phrased it. I can't remember how I phrased it. But somebody, I, I think maybe Ben, legitimately put the words Awakening in the Chamber so when I put that down, I kind of summed it up like as Awaking ch- in the Chamber, that whole opening bit. But uh, like I said, I-, I don't think I could point to any individual moment. More just as a collective experience, uh, Breath of the Wild blew me See, away. I, so I have so that fun, one time that you sh- found that
3: Korok seed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I uh, The one uh, where I had a Moblin walking towards me and he got fucking destroyed by a bolt of lightning yeah. was yeah that was good um and also when you told me specifically dave about how to make sure that i didn't destroy any of my equipment by lightning and then i proceeded to to destroy all of my equipment by leaving it there on the floor and this is being right
0: okay this might be my gaming moment of the year that mark got several (laughs) hours into the game not knowing how to unequip items so whenever any thunderstorm happened he just threw all his items away
3: yeah, that's no, so Even better than that. Even better than that. At one stage, uh, he threw them into a massive pile.
0: which yeah. just conducted the electricity and killed them.
3: Yeah, no, no, he, he, better than that. Better than that. So I, here. I dropped all of my gear. I had some really, really good gear, and then I walked about five feet to like a cliffside <laughs> where were, the rain wasn't falling down. I looked around at all of my armor. As I was looking at, it, I was thinking, "Hang on a sec." why don't i just and then dave told me no you can just like de-equip it but still actually hold on to it i was like oh all right then so i started walking towards my gear and at that exact moment a bolt of lightning came down which was fully deserved and just fucking wiped me out so yeah that that was a moment that was a lesson learned i mean category over that wins
0: man i completely forgot about that oh god that was so good
1: Mark, that is cool. the story of your life, though, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like I've witnessed you have... Well, I've never been shocked by a forty.
3: Sorry. I wouldn't go that far.
0: Oh, God. Okay. Right, so awakening in the Chamber specifically has gone
3: off the list.
0: <laughs> Even though I feel like that moment just there described should have been given the award, as Jack said. Um, we'll go to Mark next.
3: Oh. um du, 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 du. I don't know what you're about with prey, what is it about prey that is not what it seems
0: okay, so um if anyone saw the e three trailer, it's kind of like that it's basically the opening salvo of prey is you kind of like going through your daily routine in a couple of cutscenes where you like you wake up in the morning, you get dressed, you leave your apartment, you go to work in the place, and then it repeats. But it, it does it over and over again with kind of like this groundhog day repetition. But every time you do it, something is a little bit fucked up and further and further until you realize that you repeating the start of your day is inside a massive simulation. And then you're inside these labs, which are very reminiscent of like Aperture Labs or something like that, where they're getting you to test these weird fucked up powers you have. Uh, and then these, um, geez, it's been so long since I played Prey, I can't remember. There's like a, there's a, an umbrella term for all the 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 enemies in it. Um, they're kind of just like these kind of shadow monsters that uh, just kind of start attacking and f- up the building and you realize instead of being on your apartment on um on earth just walking into the office you're actually on this massive creepy system talk system shock two style space station uh in the stillness and blackness of space and you can't find anybody and you know that these beasts they're m- mimic some of them are called they can mimic inanimate objects or people so literally anything in your surrounding could be one of them that could jump out and attach itself to your face and murder you at any second um Prey was a really disappointing experience for me overall because we talked about it on the in the disappointment of the year category but that 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 scene that opening scene is really shocking and really affecting and one of the most kind of provocative openings to a game I experienced all year so I would like it to finish higher on the list I don't think it's the greatest moment of the year but uh if everybody feels that they want to knock it off, then I'm cool with that either. I never
2: played it, but I, I have I have seen the sequence you're talking about. Does that is it am I misremembering or is that the one where it ends with him smashing the window?
0: Yeah, that's it goes on a bit after that, but that's kind of, yeah, where the the kind of like where everything starts to turn, that's where the all is not what it seems part comes in, where it's all slight like you realize that the version of reality you've been playing through for the last Ten minutes as you're being introduced to this character, Morgan. You it isn't actual reality at all, and just a, yeah. a simulation of one.
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's really cool, uh, and I, I was disappointed I didn't get to pray because I, I watched that intro and it did look great. But uh, yeah, I suppose the, it's pro-
0: cool. the problem is that the entire rest of the game can never live up to that because it's such a fucking just a bomb ass start. It's great, but yeah, then it kind of like goes off a cliff after that for me, anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm cool with it going off the list if uh if everyone wants to go that way because i cool. don't think it's number one um jack
1: i think like no matter what i'm about to say i'm gonna upset somebody i mean <laughs> i could just go I, I could just go straight for the jugular for my own personal amusement but i actually watched the sequence and i think it's pretty cool so i'm not gonna I'm not going to upset Mark, so you can read into that (laughs) what you want. What I was thinking (laughs) about going for. (laughs) Um, What's
0: funny is I think of the. I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, I think I was the first person to nominate that.
1: Oh yeah, I I realized that as well when you were uh, (laughs) when you said some other things during the course of the show. Here's the deal. Um, I don't think. Like I, Wolfenstein has two really great moments on here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make you guys pick which one that you think is good and eliminate the other one because I think of the of of the two, I think Mesquite uh, the events and uh, surrounding it are like just so illuminating into like the the backstory of 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 Bj. Uh, and audition is just the wacky, it's kind of amazing shit that you are just at that point. You've been bombarded by so much craziness that you just don't think it can go a little bit further. <laughs> and then, and then yeah, the man I, himself turns up and yeah. makes you play yourself. I think it's funny, you've been so shook
0: by stuff that's already happened in that game that when Hitler shows up, you're like, sure. Why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this might as well happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, to me, I was even a bit more like, oh, yeah, okay. This, that, that, they did. They did make it go crazier. Wow.
0: Also, one thing I, I did love about that scene, because I, I, I think uh, I'm definitely voting for Mesquite to stay on and audition to go off. But one, li- one little thing I loved Same. about that scene is that it shows how Hitler's body is failing him. And there may be a need for him to become some sort of Mecha Hitler, you some might say, sort of, in the
1: near future. It's some sort of mecha
0: Hitler. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um so yeah, we'll we'll knock uh, of those two moments. Uh, as much as I think in a normal game, the audition scene would be the standout crazy moment. Yeah. It it pales in comparison to to Mesquite and the things that happened there and in the immediate aftermath of it um okay it's me now screw it I'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna sacrifice one that that i uh put in here and i think it may be part of the reason it's um so memorable is because myself and mark uncovered it at the same time sitting beside each other and i think we must have laughed for about 10 minutes and walked in and out of the room to start the song over and over again um but of the two moments mark nominated i'm mr king dice is the one that i think is the the kind of the least um it's it's a fun and cool moment, but I don't think, uh, unless I'm wrong, that Markle fight is as hard as the Machine Village.
1: Um, No, I'll give you that.
0: Cool. That was famous.
1: Oh my God, that's what I was going to go for, and I thought Mark was going to set me on fire.
0: Oh, you see, I think it's only because I was with him, so I know, <laughs> like, I, I experienced that <laughs> moment with him, that I knew he'd Had probably just fight been... more for the near moment.
1: Had it been um, Jolly Old Jack, it would have been a... Molotov cocktail through the window.
0: Right, we are back to the start here. Um, with Barry, was it you the start?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, it's cool, but I don't think it hangs with the rest of this. the, the tall neck in Horizon. Yeah. um i as, as someone as someone who majorly went to bat for the visuals in horizon uh in, in the first part of this podcast and it is great the first time you do it you see that vista which is the word i couldn't find the first time mm-hmm. um you know you, you get up there you see it it's, it's really tremendous but you know i mean we, we've we've seen the tower climbing thing in other video games before uh, and, and if anything as cool as that moment was visually and as as um epic looking as the tall necks are they're really cool they're a really cool answer to that trope uh, that is still the part of that game where i was like uh, you, you you've, you've come up for a cool disguise for what is an overdone thing so i, I don't know that i was especially impressed with that
1: cool that's not. I, um, I, I I, just because i love the tall necks uh, that that was kind of my nomination i i get what you're saying barry but uh, yes, the climbing thing's been done, but how many giant mechanical dinosaurs do you get to climb in an average video game? Yeah, that's true. Game? That is
2: true. Yeah,
1: but I, 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 I completely agree with your reasoning. But it, I think it deserved it, a mention.
0: Yeah, certainly, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mark.
3: Oh, blimey. Um. Tough now. So. Depending on how we're kind of classifying a moment here, whether it's um, like a, a cut scene or something that actually happens within the game, um, I want to see how, because like I've watched the gameplay of this, you'll be stunned, so I know I haven't actually physically played it, mm-hmm. but talk to <laughs> me know, exactly. in terms of in terms of like fighting daddy like dude. how how fucking intense is it actually <laughs>
0: you you're goddamn right it's intense fucking hell <laughs> dude it's so good i love like there's so many great moments in that game like fighting daddy is a bit where you're like this is like like just classic horror movie this fucker will not die um just like the the early parts where you're just trying to evade him when he's walking around the house and like you'll see there's a particularly it's happened to everybody where like there's a bit where if you're walking down the hall sometimes not all the time he can just explode out of the fucking wall and put his hands on your throat immediately and it it happened in a bunch of quick looks I watched of the game as well after I played it and it never failed to get people nearly in tears with the shock of it then you eventually get down it. to the garage and you fight him and like he just is a bullet sponge and even if you put him down with bullets he gets up again and there's a, there's an extended sequence where, like, he gets set on fire. Or, yeah, you, you get in a car, and if you don't get in the car quick enough, he rips the hood off the car and gets in with you. And then you drive the car into a wall, and he gets impaled on a girder, and even that doesn't kill him. And then as he's trying to get out of the car and walk towards you, the car explodes, set him on fire. And then he still gets up and starts walking towards you while fucking on fire, trying to strangle you. And then you eventually, like... He he drops and you get up onto a ladder and you are getting out of the room and just as you turn around as you are coming out of the room he's not there anymore. Um It's so fucking like it's it's the most visceral experience I think I've had in a video game. Where, like horror games don't normally get me, but even I was breathing real shallow, just like fuck 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 fuck. fuck. I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. thing
3: I wanted to ask as well, because is it not only the um, like because the the issue that you can have with something like this is that even though you're controlling uh the character that it can feel like you're on a, a a track on a roller coaster and like it's you every time you go around it's the same thing but from the way you're describing it the fact that you can kind of jump out of anywhere it's actually more dynamic than yeah, it following it yeah. a, a fixed he- path he reacts to the way you're moving around,
0: like his path changes and things like that, because even after that fight, you still have to pretty much constantly avoid him the entire time you're in the, the main house. Um, and yeah, his routines change based on what you're doing and if you're creating noise anywhere. So like you're, you're never really out of danger and the game continuously gives you enough hope that you think maybe you might put him down for long enough to get stuff done. And it, you're never right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, is it a bit so? Like, yeah. Have you, Dave? Have you played Resident Evil Nemesis? Like, is it a bit like Nemesis from from there? Because it kind of has that similar sounding situation. Um, in some
0: ways, I can see the, the like. I, I can see, and I think part of it is kind of a callback to that. But um, to me, this is entirely more the the word mark hit on there is perfect. It's it's an entirely more dynamic experience. It's an entirely more visceral experience for me because daddy is getting right up in your face all the time and can move surprisingly quick once he gets within a certain range of you and it's just like that it's... is
1: such a weird sentence of context
0: yeah I know um, but yeah it's 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 utterly like I don't get like scared by horror games I never really have but uh, I'll put it this way I was getting extremely fucking stressed <laughs> trying to get away from him um um, like the, the
2: I, garage the garage segment in particular, the, the dynamism of that and how yeah. Uh, you can subvert certain scenes you can kill them a yeah. couple of different ways it's, yeah it's there's really different cool.
0: There's d- depending on the choices you make there are a bunch of different ways that one scene can play out which is amazing and that plays into the, the dynamism Mark talked about I don't know if this is definitely, definitely moment of the year for me but this is easily top two or three um, so I, I, I would ask Mark I, I feel particularly strongly about this I would ask if you wouldn't mind taking a second swing and leaving it just a little bit longer
3: okay well then that brings me to the so I've got two here that I'm not familiar with so there's um the Wolfenstein bit and then there's I've been completely alien to anything to do with Edith Finch so um talk to me about Edith Finch what that moment is and if you think it, it is uh worthy of winning this category
0: uh Barry this was you was it
3: uh I don't think it was me but I do
2: love this moment so I can I can do it yeah um so so the the gist of what edith finch is about to kind of preface this is basically uh you're playing as edith who is the decent, who is a descendant of the very very eccentric finch family they live in a house that looks like something out of roald doll it's like a a, a roald doll book rather it's like a, a secluded house in the countryside that like the the um the inventors and builders of the family have like added rooms onto it as the generations uh, have grown. Very wacky looking house, and basically, yeah, it's like, exploring... it's like
0: a, a patchwork quilt of a house almost. Yeah,
2: it's it's very very surreal looking, um, and basically, the the family is somewhat cursed, or or they believe themselves to be cursed, um, and basically, you playing as this teenage uh, Finch uh, uh, descendant, you're going around the house and seeing the the. Very unfortunate, very young deaths of a lot of these characters, and you're piecing together the general narrative of what happened to the family along the way. And Gregory's one is uh, so Gregory, I think, is the youngest um, of the deaths that you at least relive, and it's basically you're you're playing as a as a baby in the bath, uh, you know, and, and your your mother is like washing you, uh, but she's in the in the middle of like arguing with uh, your father on the phone. Uh, there's divorce proceedings ongoing, so he's calling every few minutes to argue with her about you know divorce papers and stuff. And uh, it's first person perspective from the point of Gregory, the baby, and you're in the bathtub. And basically, every time your mother leaves to take a call. Uh, the toys that are in the bath with you come to life because it's obviously it's Gregory's imagination, but, but you are controlling them with your mind. So with the control sticks, you're causing, um, uh, the, the toys to fly around and you're, and you're like tasked with, with knocking other toys into the bathtub. Uh, and it's, it's very, very fun. There's a a great song playing. There's all these, uh, uh, little, little visual flourishes, uh, she pops back when she, you know, slams down the phone, angry, and all. No matter where they are, in the middle of your little play session, the toys will just drop into the water uh, as she resumes cleaning you. And then the climax is that basically you're you're swirling all these toys around, and eventually you knock the uh, 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 the tap uh, on. And so the bath uh, fills up, and, and Gregory obviously drowns. But before, rather than just filling up and uh, and you know fading to black, uh, once once the water goes above kind of your eye level, you can then swim uh, under the bath. And again, it's it's you know from the perspective of a baby's imagination. So the, the the bath is basically almost like an ocean, and you're swimming past all your toys. And there's a big bright light coming out of the uh, the sinkhole. And, and you swim into that and that's the that's the end of the scene. So it's it's not this like overly grim thing where where it's like, oh here's here's this baby drowning and that's the scene. You know, it's it's done from the perspective of a child where it's like weirdly uh uh um, sort of magical and 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 um uh in a weird way you know so it, it's presented in in a very, very uh uh non-hand fisted, non brutal way. Uh, and certainly more kind of nuanced than than um, than you would probably imagine. A lot of games would handle a scene like that. And of course, as you might have gathered, you're picking up things about how the family kind of fell apart as the mother is is like running away. Like there's this playful music playing as the as your little toys dance around the bath, and you can like just vaguely sort of hear her yelling on the phone in the background. It's it's really cool. It might be the best. I, I if I was to, if I was to pick a moment, uh, I I don't know that it would have been my favorite because because the, cause the um, uh, they're all very, very different, and they're all very cool, but that's it, it is a great pick. It is a very, very good pick uh, for that. Uh, does it stay? I ooh, Looking at this list, it's extremely tough. I would keep it over Resident Evil. I would keep it over Nier. Uh, I don't know that I would have it win. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Dave? I, I would probably say keep it. Uh-
0: I'll tell you what, we could do uh, mutual Harry Curie here, and I, I'll take off Resident Evil if you take off Edith Finch.
2: I, I think that's fair. I, I don't think either of them wins. I think I think they're both great, yeah. but I don't think either of them wins.
0: Yeah. Okay. We can do that. So that's... Uh, Resident Evil and uh, Edith Finch both gone. And I, I do concur with everything you say there, Barry. I think that was a in a, a game of great and affecting moments. I think that was probably the most profound one. Um, I can't really say it any better than you did, so I won't hold up the proceedings anymore. Jack.
1: Machine Village, talk to me. All right. So the Machine Village, it's...
3: Mark has been spoiling for this one. It's so it's not so much just an individual moment, because there's actually kind of a whole story arc with the, the robot village. But basically, up until this point, uh, you are given this uh, direction and motive that um, these robots uh, are your enemy, basically. Um, and everything you do up until that point is with the basis of, of killing these robots. And then as you come away from... Um, the 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 fairground area which is this is whole kind of manic uh area uh the kind of taking into account the the sound the score that i was talking about earlier uh it changes it gets very delicate very gentle and it builds into the most kind of uh joe uh studio Ghibli sounding piece of music in the entire game uh with this kind of uh child choir uh very kind of hauntingly, gently in the background, um, kind of overlaying the, the the gameplay. And you get to this bit with with these robots, and like you meet Pascal, and he makes it very clear that you know we are not the enemy. We just we just want to live a very peaceful life. We just we don't want to fight. And you get into all these kind of like side uh, quests with all these kind of robot children, and the game becomes almost normalized even though obviously you're dealing with kind of sentient robots but compared to all the chaos that you've been up dealing with up until this point suddenly you're just in just yeah this kind of like very idyllic uh tranquil uh paradise of, of this uh, forest with uh, these robot children just trying to kind of uh, live their own lives and they have kind of very almost normal human type issues that you need to handle Um, you you have this one guy who uh, has all these kind of great admirers and you need to go and find them and say that oh he has spoken of you or what words do you have for him Um, and it leads up until this point and spoiler alert uh, later on in the game where you 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 do get a bit of a bond because 2B for most of the game is very very cold um, and she tries to kind of keep that face about her um, and that kind of resonates on you to a certain degree, but then you get to a point where she's clearly kind of created a bit of a bond with Pascal and these, uh, robot children. Um, and then there's this kind of bit later on where they get absolutely traumatized by, um, being attacked by the, the enemies, and you go outside to uh, defend them. Uh, basically, they're inside like a base. And yeah, you go outside, you take on all the enemies. And then you come inside, and all the children who've been left on their own because you and Pascal go out to fight, uh, they've all uh, killed themselves because they don't understand fear. And they just they go crazy and they decide to kill themselves. And then you have a moment where Pascal looks at you and says, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. Please reset my memory. And Tubi's like, But, you know, we you won't remember me and you sure you want that. And she's like, I, I, I can't live with knowing that I've failed these children. And it's a very, very powerful moment. Um, yeah. And like, <laughs> that's harsh, the
0: buzz of the podcast there, Mark. Thank you yeah, very much. Well,
3: and here's the thing, right? Cause there's not many moments in the game that's worth playing for, but that is one of them. And like the, yeah, the few times where kind of story wise, the game grabs you, that is fucking one of them, like to a fucking tea um so yeah it's kind of not just the machine village it is that whole story arc um i think it's a very very powerful moment uh wh- whether it's worth playing the redundant combat up until the point to get to that point is a, a, another thing um but it it stuck with me i'm not gonna lie it did stick with me um but again it's then kind of coming to the the more weighty serious tone of that compared to the more kind of just joyous celebration of like new dog city and um, what you're looking for
2: yeah, um, that's a, That's a convincing area because I remember, I mean, the, the village is kind of the first place where the game kind of shows its hand a little bit about what it's it's going to be. Um, so I'm intrigued to I, I'm just as an aside, I'm kind of torn between whether or not I want to go back to near. So I have a week off work now. Uh, and I want to, you know, I want to get to Evil Within two, and the other kind of lower down, the 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 uh, the more underrated stuff. I picked up a lot of stuff in the last few weeks. Got Evil Within, got South Park, Pyre, and some stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, God, should I just should I just try and power through near and get to the good stuff that everyone says? I mean, I'm already eight hours in. Mark's done a good job there of uh, of selling me on it. Um. Um. Yeah, so I guess I mean, I, I, she, she, I don't know. He's done a good job of selling me on it. I, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I'm I'm at the point where like it, I completely get Marcus did a great job describing there, but just I think it's partly that I haven't played through it myself, and partly just how hard I bounced off near myself that I can't put it in ahead of two moments, one of which filled me with more joy than anything else this year, and one with just which just twisted my melon more than anything else this year um so it'd be the third of three for me i'd i i vote for it to go off now um but that's just me where where do you stand at uh jack
1: yeah i was uh i'm a big sucker for the um the story of, of somebody realizing like why am I fighting? So kind of that really resonated with me when you get to that moment in like a film or TV or like people in real life, like when there's like hatred and contempt for a certain type of person for whatever particular reason and they just have that sudden realisation of like, oh, there's there's actually nothing here and it's just like a society around them that's broken and has made them you know, step in line with this opinion or this, this way of acting. So like as much of a sucker as I am for that sort of thing, I couldn't in good conscience, put it above the two moments that I thought would be the last two from the very start of it. But I, yeah. uh, it, it made me want to play, uh, Mia more than anything else other than the music has done. So far. The,
3: the thing that annoys me is like when that game gets it right in terms of telling a cohesive story, Uh, it is, like, where some people are saying that it's their game of the year, like, in those moments, I totally get it, and that's what annoys me that much, that, um, like, because I can't even, with good conscience, say to you, Barry, that, yeah, you should definitely play this till the end, because the last two three hours of that game are a fucking slog and the entire middle section of that game is a fucking slog because you basically do the <laughs> he's first just, he's just now unselling you on the
1: game. <laughs> No, but that's yeah. the thing I'll, and go sell it and trade it in as well while you're at it well yeah yeah
3: <laughs> but it's like when it does get you in those moments it's so fucking worth it um i know that i'm outnumbered number on this one um i out of the two that are left obviously i have one that i'm gonna go for um I do think, like, kind of moment-wise and story-wise, and as I've kind of made kind of clear, that, like, story's not the thing that I'll go to for a game, but this does something pretty fucking bold um, that you don't always see. And obviously, Wolfenstein does some pretty fucking bold things that you don't always see. Uh-huh. And then, then Mario <laughs> Odyssey is just a big old celebration in the party. Um, but, yeah, I, I know that... Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the outside looking in with this one, so I I will strike near off. I will be the one okay. to erase it. But I feel I made a good case for it, and that's good enough. You, you made a
2: great case. It. You did make we a great definitely. case. That's fine.
3: Um, um, I think
0: may, maybe if all three, if all four of us had played through that moment, I think maybe it might have been a bit more interesting. Um, the discussion, but uh, it's certainly given us more pause for revisiting prey or not prey. Sorry, near Automata, which. Uh, is more than I was willing to give it before we sat down and had this chat. Uh right, so we're down to two now. Okay. Um, this is
2: the, this is the, this is impossible because these are the two polar
0: opposites of the yeah. scale. Um so um I, I think it's finally time to get to it. We alluded to it earlier on, um Barry Mesquite. Okay. So <laughs> Deep breaths. Now, Marcus traded it in, and again, heavy spoilers here for Wolfenstein too. Yeah,
2: if you if you've made it this far and you don't want spoilers, we're going to spoil the scene in Wolfenstein. This is the scene. Uh, so, Mesquite is probably the heaviest scene in a game with in a game with like six great, memorable scenes. We could have we could have had more than the two Wolfenstein moments in this year. And that's genuinely, there are genuinely so many standout moments in that game. Uh, You know, a lot of them are are very wacky. This is very much the the somber uh, uh, scene. So basically, on his way back from a mission, BJ takes a detour to his old family home. Obviously, the game opens with sort of the uh, the flashback scene where you realize his father is like an anti-Semitic, abusive, you know, wife-beating... As as big a cartoony asshole as possible. But a cartoony asshole who's like just Ever so slightly grounded enough that yeah. that, that so, you kind yeah. of buy it. The the, the blaming yeah, like of you, of the coloureds for for you Neil know, yeah. and the you Jews the, for him not being successful, right?
0: Yeah, you have the like the the undercurrent there. Sorry to cut across you, but you have the no, undercurrent okay. of of him being one of these classic like turn of the twentieth century <laughs> industrialists who, in spite of being racist and pra- and blaming uh, minorities for the failure of his own entrepreneurial endeavours, you'd come to learn that it's actually he bj's polish mother his wife whose family is funding him through all these mad schemes of his so even within his own internal logic he is an asshole um he's not even I one mean, of these villains who like has some sort of horrifying experience in his own background that has uh made him feel this way he's he's just a complete like blame anyone but himself and take it out yeah. on everybody here 's what I
1: love about him, and you know Barry that point about him being grounded enough in reality it 's because everything he does is because of his own insecurities, and how many yeah. people do you see like that in day to day life who say yeah. hateful things, do hateful things it 's all just because they are deeply unhappy and they have their own insecurities, and like this character in this wacky o t t uh, version of of World War Two and Nazis and stuff like this resonates more than anything else in that whole game as just being like, oh my god, like this is the, the you can buy into this more than anything else. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and
2: it's and that's kind of true of of the story in general, especially with a lot of the American scenes. It's like they're having a bit of a laugh with it, but there's there's that element of reality to it that's that's really pointed. So anyway. You go back to to uh uh the the Mesquite, Texas, the farmhouse where BJ grew up, and basically uh the house is kind of the objective, but you can wander around the barn and the area surrounding the house to trigger some uh, all, some uh, optional cutscenes. Basically uh, um uh, expanding on the relationship Bj when he was like you know six or seven years old had with a, a local black girl, which which his dad alludes to in the opening scene, but you don't find out any more about it. And they're all, they're just, they're very, very sweet. They're very well done. They're very quaint in that kind of 1920s American way. They're, they're,
0: like, like early Disney innocence, kind of.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just kind of playing with a a field mouse in the barn type things, you know, and, 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 uh, um, you know, they have the same name they're both named billy so they they have a laugh about that they're they're very 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 sweet and they, they are building to this there's this sense of tension about it all because of course bj is is you know who he is so so you don't quite know uh where where these scenes are leading to so all this all this builds up and and with the with the intro as a frame of reference you kind of know obviously that this was a uh this was a, a, a Forbidden is maybe a strong, well, it's probably not a strong word. I mean, it's is a forbidden friendship or what have you. So you go into the house. And uh, there's, a, there's the again the objective is to go to the bedroom, but you can explore around. Mm-hmm. And if you explore around, you'll find some optional cutscenes and, and postcards and whatnot. Uh, there's a, a great bit of foreshadowing before you go to the bedroom. You can find a postcard where you can find out that BJ's dad, and again something that is still somewhat happens today with, with ice and what have you. That BJ's dad was basically a, a snitch to, to the authorities to have you know locals uh, deported or sent off to camps or whatever. Um. Uh. You know. Uh. They. they basically. There's a postcard of for the Nazis just thanking him for his his due diligence and all this other stuff. Again, just you know hammering home that this guy's a piece of shit. So you go up to the bedroom, uh, uh to to retrieve something, and uh, of course, uh, in, in the background you hear his voice and you turn around and there he is. So he has this confrontation with Bj, um, and and the the salient bit of information is uh, Bj asks. Uh, you know they 're talking about his mother, and b j says you you sold her didn't you? you sold her I sold her out to the Nazis, and he, his dad just says, "Of course I did all she ever did was was drain me and whine and complain and there 's there's just such a matter of factness about it
0: just a like, kind of like a coldness like uh, like he just doesn 't care like it 's just, just a matter of duty and it doesn 't cut him up at all.
2: Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was Judy, exactly right, because she was a Jew, and that's, those are the rules, and also, like, you know, she wasn't a good wife anyway, she gave me a headache, she complained, she did this, it's just, yeah. he's very detached from it all, and again, it, we're, we're talking about this really heinous revelation and it, it, it's it's but it's rooted in just enough reality that it's really cold and this this was the, this was the one scene in the in the game that it just you know it, it didn't get me full eye it didn't get me full on crying but i I had a, a lump in my throat for this when when that when that revelation came out because yeah. not just because it's so it's so dark but the delivery of it from the from the voice acting and everything else about it was it was just it was perfect it was so it was so well done. It was so, so well done. It was so, uh, the balance of what they were going for in terms of the, the, the horribleness of his character and the reality and the believability of it was, um, was, was so perfect. Um, and then and uh, then obviously bj uh they yeah he his dad grabs a gun they have a fight obviously you kill the dad but you find out that he had called uh engel before before you uh came into the room and so there's then a crazy shootout at the at the house with with the nazis and you are eventually captured uh and i think i think anything else and, after
0: and that would... it, and it gets so much worse
2: it, it gets <laughs> yeah. crazier after that but we we'd probably have to call those separate moments i'd imagine yeah, yeah. um but uh, that that is that is that is mesquite, and it's uh, it is top drawer stuff.
0: Uh, does anyone have anything to add to that before we uh, switch to Mario?
1: No, that no? that was okay. beautiful retelling. Yeah, of it, all. It, um, it absolutely was perfect. And um, I I just like the moments um, with BJ and the other girl, like of the sort whose of name like, was also
0: like, Billy, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, whose name was Billy as well, and. It kind of I saw a really terrible film about a month or so ago called Suburbicon where they tried to generate yeah. like a relationship between like a ten year old boy and like the first black family that moved to their town. And they just got it so incredibly tone deaf and pitch imperfect and it was just awful. And like this game this fucking video game created of pixels and shit managed to have like 50 times the emotional weight of what they tried to do in an actual movie so yeah uh, this was this is perfect this is one of the most perfect moments for a video game in a very very long time
0: Jack while we have you there New Dunk City Festival
1: oh and so is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is like just an absolute
0: whiplash off the change of tone here but uh go on
1: so flashing all the way back to um the mario odyssey reveal and you're seeing mario in this like bizarre open world fever dream (laughs) like where he's a big-headed like ridiculous featured plumber still but all of these people are are like normal looking people and what even is mario in this world we we don't know i still don't think we know um but like i was like that is so weird and i can't wait to play it and i i kind of feel like even the game knows that you're itching to get to the metro kingdom because right before you get to go there you have to take a, a, a side like Tour to another shitty kingdom? Is it the Lost Kingdom, Dave? I was I was moaning about it to you because I was like, I just want to <laughs> yeah. go to the Me- oh, yeah. Do you want to go to the Metro Kingdom? And so we finally get there, and you're just having a blast, and like everything about it's perfect, like in 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 the way that you imagined. And and one of the most fun things is jumping from building to building, and you know, just doing all of the things that you can do there, and just exploring the city and. You know the mission that you're putting together is Mayor Pauline, who is a reference and to Pauline, who is like the original heroine of, um, well, not so much heroine, more damsel. In distress the original
0: of, damsel in distress, yeah,
1: yeah. of, of Donkey of Donkey Kong oh, okay. and Jumpman fame uh, is putting together a festival, and you are tasked with going and finding the musicians for that festival. So you know, as you're sort of plotting your way around the city, you manage to pick them up, and then when it's ready, you kind of. You're not particularly prepared for uh, for what's about to happen. And, you know, it just goes into, like, a pitch-black night setting. And the song starts up that we already talked about, Jump Up Superstar. Uh, and-, and, you know, you <clears throat> jump through the pipe and you're 2D Mario. And you're running, like, around this... Like two D environment where people are watching you on the streets, like projected onto the side of buildings, just you know going in, dodging barrels and stuff, which ultimately leads to you, you know, recreating a level from Donkey Kong and, and, and taking out Donkey Kong, dodging his barrels and 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 destroying him once and for all, and then you jump up through the pipe and triumphantly appear on stage with with yeah. Pauline at the end of the song and. Oh, it's just awesome. Like, it it fucking... It was... I, I haven't had a smile that big on my face playing a video game for a, a very, very, very long time.
0: Um, right. I think unless anyone has anything to add to that, that would we'll just go to a vote on this category and bring it to a close.
2: I don't know which way I'm going to vote. I might just yeah. go at my gut and whatever comes out of my mouth in 10 seconds. Yeah. The same.
0: Yeah. That
2: festival is tremendous. I mean, it really is.
0: I'm going to set the tone on this. I'm going to start it off. Um, and yeah, I, I think depending on my mood, depending on my situation, um, I could vote either way on this. And I'm, I'm, I'm not unhappy that, that these are the final two. I think they absolutely deserve to be the final two here in this category. But I think um, just in terms of achieving a moment, as Barry and Jack both said, so perfect that other like other forms of narrative expression through art, can't capture it as well. And coming from the type of game, I would never expect something that hits this hard to come from. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it, just in this current mood I'm in right now, Mesquite just edges it for me, like fifty one percent to forty nine percent. Like yeah. that's how close it is for me. So I'm going to go with Mesquite, uh, Mark.
3: Uh, I'm going to go New Donk just because I can go back to it whenever I want Uh,
0: um, you really have to it's an emotional commitment as well to go back to Mesquite I think Like, do I really want to go through that emotional slog as well Um, we'll go with Jack no Um... (laughs) oh Oh,
1: this is hard Um, this is like picking between your children um, but you actually love them both. I, Oh, God damn. oh, mm, mm. oh I am going to pick mesquite Ooh. because okay. it's just, yeah. Everything that's already been said, and I, I love New Donk, and that like I already feel pain <laughs> for not choosing <laughs> that. Uh,
0: Barry,
2: um, yeah, I, I'm going to go mesquite. Okay,
0: um, uh,
2: yeah, I, I think, and it's hard, especially because I, I really appreciate it in a year of heavy news and heavy games that reflect the 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 harsh reality they have lately, whether it's a Nier or Wolfenstein, I love that Mario is this just overwhelmingly happy game, and it does culminate in that festival, but I think Mesquite is just more of an achievement. I think yeah. it, it it would be silly to say that, like, games just started having good writing this year. That would obviously be silly, but I feel like this year there was a lot of really great nuanced writing, whether it's, it's you know, Wolfenstein look, or... Like, look,
0: or look, at the, like, look at the story category that we just saw through. You
2: know? Right, yeah. It's like it's like Wolfenstein, Hellblade, uh, Edith Finch, Near, a bunch of other you know stuff worth mentioning. I think it really is tremendous, and I I, I, I would rather recognize uh, you know some an achievement on that front. Uh, but they but they are both incredible. I mean, they're both so good. Who who didn't have a gigantic grin on their face when they did that festival? Exactly. I mean, they're they're both fantastic. But yeah, I got to go, Mesquite.
0: The winner of Gaming Moment of the Year 2017 is Mesquite, Texas from Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Best multiplayer game now, a category in which our previous winners 2015 Rocket League. and 2016, we had joint winners, Jackbox Party Pack 3 and Overwatch. The nominees in this category are Snipperclips, Jackbox Party Pack 4, ARMS, Splatoon 2, Nidhogg 2, I Have Splatoon in twice, Friday the 13th, Puyo Puyo Tetris and Injustice 2. Let's start with um, who hasn't gone first in a while, Jack?
1: Okay, uh... Friday the 13th? Yeah, I,
0: I thought that was just a broken mess. That's... Uh, wrong, Barry, this is your forte, I think?
2: Uh, I put it on. It was a broken mess. They did fix it. It's a cool game. I think the biggest problem with it after they fix it, is that the, the community just sucks. It just sucks so bad. Uh, it's like, it's a, it's a game...
0: A, a, a gaming community
2: sucks. Oh, this one, like, especially... Because it's like, it's a game that really benefits from using the headset and, and, and coordinating. And it's not even the usual thing of, oh, there are just a bunch of racists on there. It's just like... Oh, man, you, you better know how to play, like, right a fucking way, because they're going to... Oh, it's, screaming it's, more at... a, it's,
0: it's more of a get-good sort of community than a right Yeah, there's,
2: there's a bit of that, and there's also just tons of trolling and cheating. I, I stopped playing for a long time because um, people started doing this thing. I don't know how they coordinate this. I don't know if you go into a, a game in a, in a party, and you hope that you get this, this particular skew of characters, but if one... One person as Jason uh, and one person who's on the counselors, they team up and the counselor because they can obviously see their teammates uh locations leads jason to everyone else and they just fucked the game up for everyone um that happened to me like a couple of times in a row and i was like oh my god and uh, so so there's real but anyway i i I did put this on there because it's a cool idea and it's decently well executed it's not a perfect game but they, they they fixed it when it was on fire from when it launched and it was it was really good and they've continued to support it since launch um you know, so so I I did want to recognize it, but I, I yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine to go as you say it was pretty broken in front of it, and it still has problems to this day.
0: Um, I will go next, uh, and I'll take off uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, I put that on there myself. I think it's a really cool multiplayer game. Um, I really enjoy Puyo Puyo Tetris. The uh, the story can get fucked because it's just literally it's it's There's awful. It's just Tetris. oh oh dude they're seriously yeah yeah about like an alien invasion and stuff like that it's, it's awful Come on. but actually me- mechanically Puyo Puyo Tetris is great obviously um, I love the the art style of the game and I love the each mode, both Puyo Puyo uh, and Tetris but when you mix the two of them together it creates a really dynamic multiplayer experience that becomes quite frantic quite quickly as like at regular intervals of timing the pieces that start dropping change between Tetramino blocks and Puyo Puyo bubbles Um, So if you're trying to stack up to get a a sweet Tetris clear, all of a sudden just bubbles are falling and you have to completely change your strategy in the middle of things. So... um you have to retrain your brain from playing Tetris, where you try to get that combo of clearing four lines in one go. Uh, and you have to kind of like half of your brain has to be constantly thinking about how to burn off lines quickly because it's going to start to pile up really badly. Uh, and I think playing against somebody uh, online or locally, doing that uh, gets some really intense, fun stuff going. But I don't think it's going to win here, especially because I think I'm the only one of the four of us that's put significant time into this game.
1: Yeah, I downloaded I it. I haven't really played it much. It's it's, it's
0: it's a really cool game, and I do recommend it, but uh, I don't think it's going to win here. Barry. Hmm.
2: And with that, I think we're down to all good games here. I didn't play the newest Jackbox, and people seemed kind of down on it relative to the previous ones. Does anyone want to keep it on here?
0: Um, I I think this it's it's like Annie it's the story of any Jackbox Party Pack where the ones that are really good are really really good and then there's always a couple that you're never going to come back to so yeah yeah uh, monster, monster Seeking Monster is that. On this one, where save yourself ever having to play it and watch the stream of Giant Bomb playing Monster Days Monster, where the rules are so convoluted that they play it through a couple of times fully and still don't get it. And the joy of Jackbox is that the games are supposed to be really simple. There's a bracketing game where you kind of have to have uh, like out loud arguments in the room about who'd beat who in a fight, kind of thing. Um, that's a little bit fun, but it's not kind of like peak Jackbox fun. I really love Fibbage 3, the the aesthetic it's got going. On. It's got a cool kind of 70s retro aesthetic. Some of the questions that they're asking are good. They're getting better at the fake answers they put in there to try and uh, you out Uh, and the what about you mode is a really interesting twist on Fibbage so like uh, for any any of you guys who hadn't heard about it it's like a small mini mode of Fibbage where instead of the the normal way Fibbage goes is that there's a question and everyone on the team like everyone who's playing has to on their tablet or their smartphone or whatever come up with a lie that's very convincing to try and convince people to pick theirs and you get points for tricking people. In what about you the questions uh, are asked So say like the four of us are playing here, it'll come up on Barry's tablet. Okay, Barry, here's a question about you and you have to answer it honestly. And people have to guess which one is the true answer, which one is the false answer about your actual life, some fact about you. Um, So I think that was an interesting way to kind of change the formula up a bit after a while. Uh, I also enjoy there's... um, survive the internet which is the most kind of like it's it's such a 2017 game in as much as you make statements uh, you're asked a question a really harmless question let's say something like do you want children and you go yeah i love children and then what will happen is your answer will get randomly redistributed to one of the other players and they will say, write a clickbaity headline that makes this person sound awful. So I said, yeah, I like children. And Jack will come up with a headline saying local pedophile speaks to press again. And the funniest combination of statement with distorting headline uh, gets the point. It's actually it's it's really, really good. And then there's a there's one that's kind of like drawful where you're kind of doing a uh, graffiti as well. That's kind of like middle of the road. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll take I'll be quite happy for it to go off of this. It definitely should have been nominated, but in some respects, it is more of the same. Um, but definitely, I still even a middle of the road uh, Jackbox party pack is still better than most multiplayer yeah, party games.
2: Still have yeah. a certain quality, yeah.
0: Um, that leaves Mark
3: um i just presume like injustice 2 it's you know it's the fighting game but there's the online bit of it as well um i don't know i if i'm looking for a multiplayer game i'm looking for something that's a little bit more compelling something like i can i i would play with people indoors that has a kind of gimmick to it um and yeah i just presume just injustice 2 it's you know if you're into online fighting then it's probably for you but um the Nothing I'd be particularly compelled by to vote for as the best multiplayer game of the year.
0: Anyone want to fight that one? Or?
3: Uh, I put it on there. I think it's
2: a. I, I do think it is a great local multiplayer game, even if you're not into competitive fighting. I think there's nuance to the systems. I think the characters. Uh, are, it, but it's, there's nuance, but it is still easy to play. I mean, it's 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 definitely the the, the brother of Mortal Kombat in the sense that it's accessible and it has the aesthetics in the same way Mortal Kombat does. People like the characters and and. And they're great. They're great versions of those characters. Uh, I think. I think it's a really, really fantastic game. But I, I'm okay with it going. There's, there's other stuff I like way more than Injustice on this
1: list. So yeah, that's fine.
0: Cool. Okay, so we're right back around again to Jack.
1: Snip eclipse.
0: Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was just clips for Splatoon, like seriously. Snipper clips for me um Above but that's Splatoon. because but that's because
0: multiplayer shooters have never really or been arms. my thing. Um are arms. I think sniper clips
1: Oh, really? Okay, well then Arms. Um,
0: clips of this list is my runaway number one and it has been since I looked at the list. Um, wow. um,
3: I, I do really, really like Arms. Um, going from what I, I use as my reasoning for getting rid of Injustice, um, I would probably pick Snipperclips over Arms. Uh, every time me and Dave have sat down and played some Arms, it's been great. I've had a good time of it. I would absolutely love to play it with more people, Um, but out of between that and the other big Nintendo game on here, I I would I would remove Arms before Splatoon, so Arms can go. Okay. Yep. Cool.
0: I love you, Arms. Okay. There's literally no way I can go here that won't annoy somebody. Um, So I'm just going to say the words "nidhog" 2 and sit back and let you. that Barry Terry is under because I assume listen, everyone will fight me on Splatoon 2 so
2: <laughs> listen Nidhog is great and Nidhog 2 is almost it's kind of a 1.5 sequel in the sense that they just kind of they gussied it up visually um, which by the way if we had if we had like I don't know that it's it's not best looking and I don't know that it is best music but if, if we did have a giant bomb-esque best style award I think it would be in there because it's such a weird cool looking thing but they they added just enough to it that i feel like they injected new life in what was an already great thing like the addition of a crossbow i think like a lot of people or bow and arrow rather i kind of picked that up and i was like oh what the this is weird it doesn't work properly how do, how do you do this but there's a weird um uh, I think me and, and my pals who I play with, we we came to love the bow and arrow after a while, um, because it just it just makes things all the more unpredictable. Um, it, you know, and again, it's and it's but it's still Nidhogg That's the perfect, thing. The, the perfect, the original perfect Nidhogg experience is still there, but with some new flourishes. Um, I just love when you're playing a game in Nidhogg, which is such a basic game that can end in like five minutes and you have a one round go a half hour and you're both sweating profusely and gripping the controller like nobody, like like, like you're going to rip it in two. Um, I just absolutely love Nidhogg. I really do. And I think this sequel brings everything about it that was great forward and adds some new, some new touches that keep it great. And honestly, I would honestly have it win this. I, 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 like Splatoon 2 an awful lot, but not. Um... It was my first Splatoon experience because I didn't have a Wii U, and honestly, I was I, I enjoyed it, but I was a little bit taken aback that it was this thing that was like universally adored. I didn't quite didn't mm. quite click with it at that level.
0: Well, um, um, then...
3: I might
2: be, but I will. One thing I will say is I I am probably outnumbered on Ned so I'd say they have to go Look,
3: here. So I really really liked the original Ned Hogg. Um, and I didn't get a chance to play the second one, but I do totally get because uh, I'm presuming that kind of mechanically it's it's pretty similar. But the idea that you could have a game that will last two minutes or could easily last half an hour, and there's just the ebbs and flows and ups and downs of uh, this kind of mano and mano contest, uh, like I totally get where Barry is coming from. I. Do kind of, just on the grander scale of things, uh, I really, really enjoyed my time with Splatoon 2, uh, even though we kind of spoke a on the last um, half about how they royally fucked up the whole online chat side of things. Oh, not, that gosh, really, yeah. not that I really care enough about online uh, uh, chat to for that to be kind of, and Splatoon isn't really the game where that's entirely necessary. Um, because like the thing with Splatoon two is that there is depth to it. If you want it to be, or if you just want to pick the big rolling pin and just kind of run around the map, minding your own business. Like I really like that Splatoon gives you the options or whether you want to play kind of conservatively and defensively, or if you want to go all out offense. that's what I liked about the original Splatoon and they, you know, it still retains all of that um you know I, I think that it splatoon 2 isn't so isn't just a kind of a, a retake on the original uh it does add a lot more um certainly even with like the single player mode as well but obviously we were talking about the multiplayer here uh, i think that there's enough content i really like some of the new maps uh i think they do a really good job of adding like verticality to some of the levels of, of mixing things up um so i just think that there's enough content there that why i do definitely agree with barry on Nidhog. um again partly it's just because i haven't played the second one uh I, I just think that there's more that would keep me coming back to splatoon over in nidhogg
0: okay so we're down to two we got splatoon which mark has just proselytized for and um snipperclips which i genuinely so it's one of the games that came out when the Switch did. So, like, during that launch period, if you got a new console, you're an early adopter. You're always trying to Get on board with whatever there is to play. And people were saying this Snipperclips game was was pretty damn good. And and holy shit, is it good. So myself and Mark talked recently on the podcast about Wii Sports being uh, an unbelievable game that also behind it all is basically also a tech demo for the Wii. And I think Snipperclips really does that with the, the idea of the two Joy-Cons and the things you can do with it. And if I'm to look at the game of the two that are left here, Splatoon 2 and Clips, I'm to look at what I most classically relate to multiplayer experiences I enjoy, which is sitting beside someone on the couch, having a laugh, being a bit competitive, but also being a bit cooperative. And um, it's it's clips for me, the idea that you can work together or work against people if you have a party of four as well uh, to try and solve puzzles. Um the, this again, it's another one that would do very well in the best style category because, like the cutesy cartoon animations, the the arts and crafts uh, and stationery. The uh, visuals that are going on in the game um, just is a very pleasant game to play. And as a cool experience where you have to communicate and work together with the person sitting beside you in the most classical multiplayer, like couch co op multiplayer way, um, for me, Snipper Clips is just in, in a league of its own here. And they've just dropped like. Uh, for an extra couple of quid if you already had the game or for a kind of like pretty much the price it was when it came out uh, to buy off the store now there's just like a bunch more stuff just got added to it like a whole mess of new puzzles to to play with and it's one that i think like i'll be playing over christmas uh when i like i'll bring my switch home and i could be i could play with family members who are kids family members who are adults and everybody will get what's going on and enjoy it. Uh, I think as a multiplayer experience, I've had nothing even close to it this year. And I include Jackbox in that, which I'm quite a fan of. Um, I I guess, unless anyone has anything else to say about Snipperclips or Splatoon, we'll go to a vote.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll go first, because I've literally just given away the farm there on that. And uh, (laughs) Snipperclips.
3: Um, Mark. You know what, right? You know what? i'll go with you on this one actually i'll go with snipper clips um just because i did even only briefly manage to play it with you um but we i should totally, play more snipper clips man we really should we really I, should
0: i got to play it over 16 carat weekend myself and ian were playing this in the hotel room instead of going to see stuff like instead of going to hang out with other people because we are very sociable and even then like just cracking it out in desktop mode uh without a big tv around was awesome but go on you're saying
3: yeah no I, i'll go with you on this one you you've, you've Made a, a good enough argument. Um, Splatoon 2 was probably the thing that I played the most in terms of multiplayer this year. Um, it is, in some ways, more Splatoon. Um, and I do feel that Snipperclips. There's a thing that, kind of going back to to the original Wii. There's a, a kind of inventiveness to it and an approachability that you could get someone who, who isn't you know completely in tune with video games and kind of get them. Like just thinking creatively and practic- practically about hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I think that, that it's a kind of game you could get someone who isn't like totally into video games playing, um, which is part of the charm, part of the beauty. So yeah, not- I'll give you in Slip eclipse. Jack.
1: I vote for Splatoon Two, but I don't know if it's gonna need thing.
0: Sorry.
2: I never played Slipperclips, so I have to go with Splatoon two. <sighs>
0: Nice. Looks like we're at a tie here unless somebody...
3: Fine, I'm going to Splatoon. I'll, just, I'll oh. do it every time. I'll do it every time. I will change sides if I have to be. I'm not having, oh. I'm not having a tie here.
0: Just so capricious. In an act of daylight robbery, the best multiplayer game... <laughs>
1: of... <laughs> oh, come on.
0: Uh, no, not fair as fair as I voted. Uh, so, the best multiplayer game of 2017 is in fact Splatoon 2. But the people's champion. (laughs) Slipperless. Anyway, let's move on. The main event, the PS2 Resistance 2017's Game of the Year. Okay, here we are. There's a big list. So previous winners. 2015, we had uh, in third place Mario Maker. Second place Metal Gear Solid 5: The Phantom Pain. And number one was The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt in what was... At both years it's been an incredible war of attrition for that number one spot uh 2016 number three super hot number two doom and number one hitman and although i think yeah. jack, jack did message me uh after he started playing it and agreed that he uh he would have voted hitman had he played both uh
1: at God the damn time i loved hitman i i'd make yeah. it game of the year for this year if i could <laughs> The they nom- day.
2: Don't, don't worry. Next year they, they got they got some new stuff. So
0: Yeah, season two we'll we, we'll have a good chance to vote on that. I um can, the I nominees in this correct. category. So just to remind people the rules of this category is this is the only one where we have more than ten. We just piled a bunch of stuff in here. Uh, our favorite games of the year and um we are going to whittle this down to 3 and then get the 3 in order 3 2 and 1 so okay. the nominees are Resident Evil 7 Biohazard uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Yakuza 0 Wolfenstein 2 the New Colossus What Remains of Edith Finch Super Mario Odyssey The Dark Side Detective cuphead near automata splatoon 2 night in the woods hellblade senua's sacrifice golf story arms and space
3: plan right i'll go first because i just put it on here just to take it off space plan is this really fucking weird idle clicker that shouldn't be anywhere near approaching Sank that stuck with me for as long as it did uh, it has this really dumb fucking story about being stuck in space and it has potatoes and it's just the weirdest damn thing. Um, and yeah, I just... Truly, truly bizarre, uh, but truly memorable. Uh, idle Clickers shouldn't be as addictive as this one was. Off it goes. It has its mention. Let's continue.
0: Cool. Uh, I'll go next. Make the cuts uh, easy and quick as they continue. I'm going to get rid of Sorry, Mark, I'm getting rid of ARMS here because I love ARMS. It's one of my favorite games of the year, but I don't think it is top three material and I don't think it's going to get that far. So I'm I'm just going to get rid of it here and now. It's definitely worthy of a strong shout in here, but it's not going to.
3: And just uh, in terms as well, like people kind of bang on about Nintendo. They just hey, it's Mario and it's Zelda and it's Mario and it's Zelda. And every now and again, they'll go Metroid. Uh, But that's just clearly not the case anymore. Like, we've seen what they've done with Slatoon for the Wii U, ARMS for the Switch, Um, you know, anything that they come up with as, like, an original IP, I'm genuinely curious about because they, you know, they're taking genres like a a shooter or a fighter and they're putting their own unique twist on it uh, that is so Mm -hmm. wonderfully Nintendo. Um, So, yeah, ARMS is great.
0: Um, Jack
1: love the game have already mentioned it i feel like the kind of motion here is people taking off games that they love that they know isn't going to get to the last bit so i'll take off golf story had an absolute blast playing it i think it's really fun uh i'm a big fan of golf games i'm a big fan of rpgs so it kind of felt like someone crafted this game specifically with me in mind uh, that being said uh, as much fun as i had with it um there wasn't an awful lot of depth to it it was just a good bit of silliness that distracted me for sort of seven eight hours and uh yeah i uh I'll always remember it fondly but it doesn't belong in the top three
0: okay barry
2: Uh, yeah, I will continue that trend as well, and I'll I'll say, obviously, Hellblade. I think I I think I've had my piece said about it. Um, I know, I know there's not, uh, you know, it it won't, it won't rank. Um, I, it may, I I don't know that anyone's going to come back next year and say, oh, Hellblade was my game of the year, because I I don't even, I don't even think it's my game of the year, but I think it may be the hitman where where in a few months, uh, hopefully people will play it following this this chat and say, yeah, that would have ranked if it was, um, it, if we squeezed it in but that's fine i mean obviously we, we all we all have stuff that's just not going to make it um so yeah hellblades is a you know, cool important game but yeah we can we can scratch
0: that off here okay um i will go then um and i'll look at I, oh I'm no happy... it's
3: not me oh yeah it is sorry <laughs> sorry mark um i'm gonna take off nia it's it's too fucking weird to be a bad game it's too fucking broken and flawed to be a great game. Uh, it is memorable. It has some great moments. People that are saying it's the greatest game of the year, or that it's the greatest game of all time are mad. Uh, I don't get it. I don't know where they're coming from. I'm really curious to seeing these, uh, lists and what people write about it and listening to people talk about it to see exactly where they're coming from. Cause I haven't listened to a lot of stuff that people have said about near, um, I'm glad I've played it, but at the same time, it, it it has too many problems to be a truly great game, so yeah.
0: Okay, so I will go next, and I'm going to take, to save any of you monsters taking your hatchet out for one of my babies on this list, I'm just glad it outlasted a lot of Passion projects, and particularly that it outlasted near, which I was not expecting. I'm going to take the Dark Side Detective off the list. Dark Side Detective, for any of you who haven't played it, is this... Uh, really cool uh point and click uh pixelated uh detective game um that was designed by uh it's it's irish people that designed it a out of galway the spooky doorway i believe they're called um and it's, it's probably the funniest game I've played all year. It's a particular brand of humor that's like subverting a lot of sci-fi tropes and point-and-click adventure tropes. Uh, and cop show uh, tropes uh, while also being like there's uh, the only bit that seems to wear on some people critics of the game is that there's um maybe a few too many pop culture references in one of the cases in particular there's a lot of them in one very short period of time that's a little bit like okay can we move on to something else here but the music in it is just awesome. Um, there's six cases for you to do, so the, the game is cool, like little self-contained mini stories in it. The characters are really fun. Uh, the sci-fi stuff they play with in it is is awesome. Um, it's just a really, really fun game. It's dirt cheap. It's like a ten on Steam, and they've announced that they're going to add uh, a Christmas-themed bonus seventh case uh, for free to anybody that already owns the game uh, over Christmas, and that they're working on more cases to drop as DLC uh, in 2018 from what I understand it's a fucking excellent game and uh, everyone should play it and Jack you know because I sent you some of the mad shit that happens in that game (laughs) via screenshot it is
1: yeah I was just going to say like there was a a solid week Dave where you were just doing nothing (laughs) but sending me screenshots of Dark (laughs) Side Detective like and I was just reading it and I must say I was chuckling to myself but I I didn't listen enough of a response to go and buy it for me
0: yeah i was sitting in like alone in my room in the middle of the night howling with laughter at this game it's 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 really good but i just wanted to get my piece set about dark side detective there and i'm, I'm happy that it lasted this time it's dead on the list um who's next
1: be me i believe
0: yeah jack
1: um so we've paid tribute to it in the previous category it's got an award there's no need for it to get super greedy it's great fun uh splatoon 2 your racist run my friend
0: yeah okay barry start to get a bit more tough now
2: um yeah uh, in the um uh in following the earlier trend of kind of taking your own passion projects out i don't know that anyone here i don't know there's any groundswell of support for night in the woods uh which i absolutely loved
0: um Um, I, i like it a lot but yeah i wouldn't fight you
2: it's it's cuz it's one of those things that it's like there's 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 a lot of games like life is strange and a couple of other ones that are that very much have the vibe of here's a here's a video game equivalent of an indie film and this yeah. is the most indie film video game ever it it's just meandering kind of don't know their place in the world twenty something's uh contemplating their 9 to 5 jobs and college and resenting their hometowns but not being able to make it anywhere else and and tons of great stuff like that and it does it as well as a again we're talking in the pre in the, in the story category but just how good some of the writing in games has been this year uh the way these characters it, it, it's very much actually the um, it's the inverse of life is strange where it's like life is strange overall tells a great story but you have to grit your teeth through some of that dialogue because it's just not very good and it's not very it's not very down with the kids night in the woods is just totally uh engrossing and, and likeable and, and relatable in, in how its characters interact they're they're they're, they're really uh, uh, likable and and, uh, and and the way they kind of grapple with their with their various problems is, is really cool it's a cool thing and it's very very stylish um and I, I think it's it's worthy of a mention in this category, but yeah, it's uh, not not making the top three certainly.
3: I do genuinely enjoy uh, all the conversations that are had between the main character and her parents. Uh, are all like really really kind of as you said, they're very relatable, uh, very much kind of like you could see a conversation between parents who are kind of in tune with their kid, but are still you know they're they're old enough that they're a little bit out of touch. Um, but there's a there's a, a, a nice kind of snappy, sarcastic tone to the whole thing, um, but still done with love and respect. And yeah, uh, there, there's some really, really good writing in that game. Um, I I thought that from, from everything that I saw, because I've been seeing uh, images of the game and, and a, a swell of support for the, the game for about a year prior to it, and I, I thought that it was going to be a lot bigger than it ended up being, and I think part of it is just that I just—I don't think there is enough there, um, gameplay or mechanically wise or anything. I just—I I think it, it wholly, solely relies on being a, a narrative-driven experience, and uh, I don't know. I just—I think it's lacking something. Um, for it to have been like a truly great game, but it's definitely a really unique experience, definitely something that's worth looking at and playing um, and I think that some of the f- things you said there about Life is Strange uh, kind of adds and yeah, it, it's a really cool game
0: Yeah, cool, right, so that's um, it's Mark again Uh, woo, boo, uh, hmm, do do yeah, game of the year was a really good podcast that Al just started scatting towards the end of the yeah. All
1: right. All right. <laughs> give, me, give me give me
3: give me genuine uh comments and faults here is Yakuza 0 a top 3 game. Um Whoa. in a word for me, no. I I think it's like right
0: outside there. It's in my top 10. It's probably in my top 5. It's not in my top 3.
3: Is it but, your weirdest game of the year? <laughs> <laughs> uh no
0: Darkside detective was probably that okay uh,
3: but barry
0: you you're the yakuza zero stan here
2: i don't know i i i've like my in my own head my list of, and my potential orders like have just been all over the place because I, when when i finished yakuza i was like there's going to be no games this year better than yakuza and horizon which obviously that you know like they got swapped around a lot but as i approached the end of the year I've been thinking back on on the games um, that really stuck with me, and obviously we'll get to a Mario discussion in, in a little bit. But I'm you know I'm kind of surprised at how little I've gone back to Mario since I finished the main quest. Whereas yeah, whereas I'm constantly th- I mentioned like the song in Yakuza that stuck with me for a while. But I'm constantly remembering and, and just fondly reminiscing about the times I spent with Yakuza and all the all this all, and I invested way more time obviously than just doing the core story in that. Like that game really is really is tremendous. And I think I think it's a game where it is more than the sum of its parts. I don't think that there's any I, you know the gameplay is, is good and and, and, it, and the story is good and the humor is fantastic. I, I think it's just when you when you throw it all together, it's just a really fantastic package. Um, I I yeah, it probably doesn't make this list. Probably um, there's stuff I would put it ahead of on this, but ultimately, do I think it makes it top three? Probably not but uh, it's 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 very hard to rank it because, it, like I said, it's not doing any one thing really tremendously, but it's also the most ambitious and weirdest thing, and it succeeds yeah. at, like, a weird amount of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of where um, I was sold on the game by Kevin Mann from the Attitude Era podcast came on the show uh, towards the start yes. of the year.
2: So and was I, in fact. I listened to that, and I was like, I should check that out.
0: Yeah, and, like, he pretty much said exactly what you said there Barry is like it's weird the amount of stuff that isn't what you'd expect Yakuza to be that it's really good at Um, like him talking about how he just spent hours fishing one day um, in it Uh, like just different crazy things like that and like running the the karaoke bar different things like that Um, yeah I don't think it's top three but I think it's like it's on my personal list somewhere high up that's for sure um okay next again for pretty much similar reasons and as i really enjoy it i think it's a cool game um i don't think it's top three um between the four of us because it's not even top three for me that's not to discredit the game we're down to really excellent games now i'm putting i'm taking off what remains of edith finch unless anybody wants to fight me
2: no, it's that. That was actually what I was thinking would probably go. Like I was, I was thinking that, and and Resident Evil I'd probably cut before Yakuza, Yeah, Really fantastic game, but um, yeah, I, don't, I think that's fine.
0: Cool. Um, okay, so it's my, uh, Jack now.
1: Um, just because I don't want to have an argument about the one of the two games that I would cut, I'm going to cut Resident Evil Seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, it's probably, depending on my mood, it's been my personal top three for most of the year. Um, In spite of the things we said about it, that it doesn't do quite right. Um, The fact that I haven't replayed the game start to finish, but that game came out in January and still a lot of the stuff from it is still with me now um in as much as like there's some of these games i have to replay bits of to remind myself why i really like them but resident evil 7 is clear as fucking day uh in my personal top three but i will totally concede that uh i don't think between the four of us it does get into the top three
3: well before before we completely strike it off because i know that you are a big fan of it um give me like instead of we we'll go over all the positives. Give me the the negatives that you can see, because I know from what you told me about that, like towards the end of the game, it does lose a bit of steam. Is it like that's
0: well? That it's it's not even towards the end, because I think the end it, it it finishes kind of well as like both a kind of we've pulled the 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 narrative the edge out of the fire that was that kind of baggy uh, middle part. Um, and started to head in a pretty definitive direction, it, it feels like you've really gotten through a tough slog, not so much with the final boss, but with the stuff leading up to the final boss. And the final boss is a, like a decently cool-looking fight, if not, not the most challenging fight. You'll like, It's not the most challenging fight you'll have, even in that game. Um, I still think fighting the mother is probably the, the toughest fight I had in that game, if I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, it... It's kind of um, the the baggy middle part in around the ship um, is is where it falls down for me. It it it's trying to be an homage to a lot of different kinds of horror, and that's the bit at which it's the most kind of. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Barry, having played it, but with the kid and everything and the visual of that, I think it's the most trying to be an homage to like J horror stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it quite lands because you've already been through, if it had the definitive vi- vision of being like that from the beginning, that would be one thing, but at this point, I'm kind of thinking, right, you're, you're, you've had your cake now and you're trying to eat it, can we just head towards the end uh, without this kind of bloated section on a ship happening? Um, but that, that's just me personally. I think it's a fantastic game, and considering how fucking dead and buried in the ground that franchise was before this game came out of nowhere like when it was revealed that that kitchen demo that we saw a couple of years ago turned out to be resident evil 7 and then it came out within six months i think from e3 to when it came out in january was about six months um it's an absolute shocker of a game um exceeded expectations uh, like i said personal top three but uh, I, I i don't know if it'll get the support here on the panel to finish in the top three so i'd be I mean, willing to cover
3: it i do really admire resident evil 7 i admire resident evil in general because this is twice now that capcom have managed managed to revive a series that they kind of this bloated corpse that they had up until resident evil 4 where they completely reinvented resident evil and then not so much reinvented again because a lot of what you see in resident evil 7 is taken from a lot of the the kind of first person narrative horror games that we've had over the last five or six years but obviously takes a lot of that and pushes it to the nth fucking degree and Mm. then you add kind of uh, incorporate vr into that as well from what i can see what I think is obvious is that it does front load a lot of that. Um, like one of the key things that I see with this game is always either the bit with uh, your your girlfriend at the start, or with the fight with uh, Daddy, and like those are, are kind of quite near to the start, and they're very very prevalent, very famous scenes. Mm. I, don't, I don't hear anyone talking about a lot of stuff kind of from the midway point on partially I just because of spoilers
0: there yeah there is still some really good stuff right until you get onto the ship i think the fight with the the mother of the family is ridiculously intense yeah um as well and i think there's a really cool um protracted puzzle sequence with the son with the birthday cake you know what i'm talking about barry Uh, Yes, yeah. That that I think is a really cool thing, but it does, it loses a fair bit of steam when it gets to that boat. That's the point at which I can't really defend the game. And I think it ends, like I said, reasonably well. I think it introduces, um, because it is sort of a reboot for the whole Resident Evil lore. And the last hour of that sets the stage for it to be a proper reboot because references to Umbrella start creeping in without getting to the, the, the worst of Resident Evil series is when it goes too heavy into the umbrella stuff but there are just enough mentions enough articles lying around um, and then it, the final kind of Whoa? moment is when at the very end you're rescued from the scene by Chris Redfield um,
2: Oh, but like I hated that Chris Redfield model though
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it didn't look anything like him but yeah. a, again at, at, it basically just I liked it as a final punctuation point to go this is a new Resident Evil universe we're sorry <laughs> Yeah yeah it,
2: it is it is great that they pulled it from from the uh, from the ashes like that but uh yeah i i i had a lot of problems with saying i i thought those the last two fights with whatever that, that version of daddy is they just the the first half of the game has such a different vibe and those those last few boss battles are like here's an ugly ps2 era survival horror monster to fight it just it just i just don't like it <coughs> I have some other niggles with the game, but in general, I think it's fantastic. I do love it, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, staying on here.
0: Yeah, cool. Right, so we we'll get rid of that. That leaves. There's a Barry now. Yes. Oh, boy. We are in the nitty gritty. All right,
2: uh, I'm going to go for the one that I, just I personally have the least affinity for. I don't see I don't see it getting cut here, but I got to shoot my shot.
1: Zelda.
3: Nope. <laughs> no way. Not a chance. I'm going to play devil's yeah. advocate. Barry, present your case.
2: So, like a lot of people, I did eventually kind of appreciate the, um, the, the, the level of commitment that Zelda asks of you. Uh, getting to grips, like first of all, like I grew to not hate the uh, the weapon breaking system, right? Because when I was first playing it, I was like, "What is the allure of this?" Like, I gotta get a new weapon every couple of minutes. Sometimes, sometimes I'm using this crappy basic club. I just. You know, I'm used to building up an armory of weapons that I like, and I, just, I use whichever one I prefer. That's my that's my style of, of you know, fantasy action game, you know. so And, and the weather system, and, and, you know, having to time your things so that you're not trying to climb in the rain. And, and it's... I did eventually get to grips with that. But I can't, you know... I don't want to ignore the fact that for, like, the first 20 or so hours, I was enjoying Zelda reasonably enough, but I was very frustrated and i i just didn't feel like it was a whole lot of fun i feel like you know those, those mechanics take forever to get used to and it is gratifying when you when you get to and I, I i have hit the loop quite well where where now i know you know i'm i'm prioritizing my weapons appropriately saving my my good ones for my big boss battles and keeping a stock of weaker ones to take on minions and and uh you know i've I've gotten to grips with the weather system and and all this other stuff, um, but it still doesn't change the fact that I, I was just I really felt like I was just kind of slogging through the game for the longest time. Uh, and another thing that 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 doesn't that didn't help my enjoyment and that this game is really dwarfed by Horizon in, in regards to. And I realize that this kind of apples and oranges because Zelda isn't isn't trying to do this, but Horizon just has a way more interesting world to me. Um, other than the the art style, which is very ghibli esque, and it is very nice to look at, I, the world of Zelda does absolutely nothing for me. I've, I've no affinity for those characters, the the, you know, the various different species, and, and and all that other stuff. I, I just, I'm not interested at all by any of that stuff. Uh, I found all the dialogue just be so some of it's mildly amusing, but generally it's all it all just feels like here's here's generic fantasy stuff. Uh, all the voice acting and and, and pretty much everything around the story i think is pretty poor in that game which you know it does not everything needs to be wolfenstein hellblade levels good but like horizon again just as the nearest comparison had had way more intriguing uh universe and plot points that kind of dragged me slowly through that open world. um Ah, uh, yeah. So now I did. I did eventually click with Zelda. I think around the time I beat the second uh, Divine Beast, I was like, I was way into it. I I, I kind of looked at my you know my armor and I looked at all the the power ups I gotten, and I looked at the ease with which I was getting through enemies and I was like, this feels great. Like it does feel like my my patience and my grinding has been rewarded, and I get that. And, and I I did have an admiration for the for all the many systems that are at play when you're playing Zelda. But it just—it just didn't change the fact that I—I I found massive parts of that game really not very fun at all. Um, uh, yeah, so so I—I I realize I'm the I'm the low man on Zelda. I, I don't know that I'll get it off here, but I guess those those are
3: my criticisms of it. Really,
0: anyone want to jump in there? <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: uh, okay, so Breath of the Wild is not my favorite game of the year, and it does have a few things. It, it's you know the the biggest change. Uh, in terms of its systems and mechanics um, for the longest time and it needed to happen because Skyward Sword was just a a retreading of the same old shtick and done worse than a lot of the kind of standard things that you expect in the Zelda game the whole, the the very kind of notion of it being an open world game you know, for me there is no game that is more open world than Breath of the Wild because it doesn't point you in any direction it just yeah
0: like once you get out of that great plateau here you fucking go mate uh,
3: uh, yeah and <laughs> i your pop and like i will never be able to look at another open world game the same way again because like even the idea of looking at something like assassin's creed or any kind of ubisoft game where the map is just flooded with markers i just i can't i don't want to have to deal with that i don't want to have to see forty thousand things on the ui at any given time mm-hmm. Like, I like the fact that Birth of the Wild is so clean, elegant with that. And, you know, if you want to go somewhere on the map, you know, you have to look into the map. You have to treat the map like an actual fucking map uh which I really appreciated with Firewatch last year and, and that kind of happens to the same degree with Zelda where, you know, you're not looking through this world through the kind of little small circular map in the bottom left hand side of the screen to know kind of which road you need to drive up. It's like, no, you are looking at the world to see where you need to go by placing a, a marker like fucking on the other side of the world, but you can kind of see that beam whenever you need to look at it and you can kind of, you know, you are visually having to look at it to get in that direction and the fact that you know if you can see something you can get there it might take you about half an hour as you try to find the way to climb up this mountain but you yeah. will get there but,
0: but you know what as well like doing those things where like you're going to the way up distant point i was never
3: like oh fuck this is taking ages no i was never like that as well um and because the thing is there's a lot about zelda and the way that it plays that doesn't appeal to me uh, i don't like that kind of slow burn like when someone says oh yeah final fantasy i think it was 13. Is really good, but you need to play for 40 hours to get to the good <laughs> bits. My initial reaction is, well, go fuck yourself then. But it, it wasn't I, good. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I
1: get and the idea that... And a big that, Final Fantasy fan.
3: Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I, get the idea, I get the idea that Breath of the Wild <laughs> is a bit of a slow burn. I do appreciate that. And I certainly for like me coming in already as a Zelda fan, and I have a couple of things that I'm expecting to see, and some of those things I didn't actually get at all um but like if you're coming to zelda for story or plot it you know it's a zelda it's a zelda game and i like the fact that it kind of goes here you are your link there's a big castle over there you can go there now or you can fuck around for about 100 hours and then go there to make your life really easy i like that um because it kind of plays to this uh League of uh, speedrunners who like that kind of challenge. Like, it's the way that they have a difficulty setting without actually having the, an easy, medium, or difficult mode. I really like when games have that kind of option for how to, to use a difficulty setting. Um, I do agree that, like, most of the characters are pretty forgettable. Like, the voice acting isn't like for this whole, like, oh my god, it's a Legend Zelda game and there's voice acting. It doesn't actually really do anything with that. Yeah. And none of it's particularly great. Um, so I, I, I'm certainly uh, in agreement there. Um, I like the whole because the thing is the game is a survival game more than anything else, which is why you have like the the weapons that break the armor that breaks that constantly. You're on the edge of dying at any second, and that is the thing about Breath of the Wild is that game is fucking ruthless. Like yeah. if you you're not paying attention, unforgiving. You, it is unforgiving, uh, and that is all. The, you know, with the fact that it's it's a harsh wildlife it, it, you're out in the wild and it's not gonna be easy, it's not gonna be um uh, simplistic, it's not gonna it's not gonna hold your hand. You have to survive in the wild for yourself and use your instincts. Um It does have a few things that I don't like. I don't like the fact that the temples and the dungeons are completely thrown out for the. um, I always forget what the fuck are they called, uh, Dave? The. um, Spirit orbs. Spirit. They're not the spirit orbs. The four animals, temples, what are they called? Oh, the Divine Beasts. The Divine Beasts. I like the concepts. I love how you get into the Divine Beasts once you're actually in there. I find the actual Divine Beasts themselves a bit underwhelming. Uh, I was really kind of hankering for just A a good old temple. I like the way that they use the spirit orbs, but the issue with that is that while I do like all of the, um, mini dungeons, mini puzzles, uh, the kind of one uniform style got a bit bland after a while. And I wanted a little bit of something else, but I also get why they kept to the uniform style. So it's kind of like you, you change one thing and you have to deal with the pros and cons with come with that change. Um, and I'm not going to fight against the game for making those changes because, you know, uh, this is the most daring Zelda game in a long, long time, probably since Majora's Mask. Um, and I will not fault Nintendo for making those changes and going in this direction. So, yeah, I don't think I, for me it's not my game of the year. I can see why people do think it's the game of the year. I don't think it's this kind of forty out of 40, 100 out of hundred. It does have its flaws. I do think it's in the top three though. Yeah, and I'm tired. Do you want to
0: take another swing, Barry? Um.
2: Okay, so I haven't see, heard much support for this really throughout this this series, and I'm I, I'm not getting the vibe that it makes the cut.
0: So, Horizon. That's my number four.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, four for me as well. That is exactly where I would put it from it, these like, it, five.
0: It was. It was number three until last month. Or no, sorry, it was number two... Sorry, it was number two... Or no, it was number one for a long time. And then last month happened. (laughs) And two games came out... um, Sorry, no, it was number two. And then, yeah, two games came out last month. uh, Very close together. uh, That knocked it out of the top three for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I think... It has one it has one major weakness that's something so small um but so significant and it's the the side quests um mm-hmm. they really did they flesh that world out with lots of interesting characters and lore but you discover it all via side quests where you follow a trail to a fight and then that's it that like that's the one side mission they have and you do it over and over again. Compared to the fluidity of Zelda and 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 um, some other stuff that came out this year, I mean, I feel like that it's such a small thing. And when you look at all the other things the game achieves, I hate to knock it for it, but it does it does hurt it relative to the competition. Even even Assassin's Creed, which we haven't talked about yet much on this uh, 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 this series, but I've I've been so very impressed with the new Assassin's Creed. I, uh, I, I really love it. The-
0: the more i play the more i like it's a tough the start of it i don't think is very no enjoyable but eventually um, it, it really starts to open up
2: i feel like i feel like if if i was further, further along, along into it i might even be rallying for it in some of these categories horizon. But that's another discussion like horizon just um it's a, it might seem like a nitpick but uh, but i i do think that, that that's uh, relative to the how tough the competition is i it did feel like i was it felt like i was grinding for An awful lot of, of, of the later game because it's like I wanted, mm. I, I liked the skill tree and I, I, I liked uh, all the abilities I locked, but to get them, I had to take these really repetitive uh, side quests and they, they took me out of it a little bit. Um, so, and, and I, I guess it just does not have the support of these other games, so I guess that could go. Okay.
0: Horizon is off. We are back to Marcus. Haha.
3: All right. Um, I
0: know what's not going.
3: <laughs> you know, if I'm... If I'm going to go straight with the one that I bounced off harder than any of these, I'm going to have to pick Wolfenstein. And I will put my words forth and then we can, you know, fight about it. Um, my biggest issue with Wolfenstein 2, and it's not the fairest comparison to make, but it's, I will say it and then I'll explain why further with it. My biggest issue with Wolfenstein 2 is that it's not Doom. I fucking love Doom. Doom has, in the way that, in the way that... Well, I've got the game for you. It's called Doom. Yeah, I know, right. In (laughs) the way that Breath of the Wild completely changed the way that I look at open world games, Doom has completely changed the way that I look at first person shooters. And while obviously Wolfenstein is more narrative driven, it's still, I find that like the mechanics part of it, the gameplay part of it, is is so much more clunky than doom like doom is so streamlined and fast paced and just it never stops and with wolfenstein you have like the bit where you're in the submarine walking around and the game just kind of just grinds to a halt and even when the bits when you are out and um you're actually you know taking down nazis it the 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 maps aren't Like, they're big and they're sprawling, but they're also kind of a bit of a mess, and it's very easy to get lost, and they're not particularly fun environments to explore. Like, I really like the whole setting of New York, you know, post uh, the the atom bomb dropping, but it's not a particularly fun experience to kind of walk around. Um, And so, yeah, I just... I I quickly, quickly bounced off of that game, Um, and I don't know, I just it didn't grab me um like the start of it the 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 cutscene at the start and kind of throwing you like as dave pointed out that game does not fuck around with getting you into that game and you're doing that whole first bit around in uh, in the wheelchair really cool concept really liked that i thought oh yeah right i'm definitely yeah i'm on board with this and then the first time you have the bit where you have that kind of quote unquote stealth section where you need to find the, the general officers with the, the cards. Uh, it's like, it's a stealth section, but you immediately realize it's the, the whole kind of doing the stealth bit doesn't really work because maybe it's just me and I didn't have the patience, but I couldn't really ever find like a a good route to get to the officers. And so you just end up just blasting your way through to you find them. Um, and so that whole kind of mechanic becomes quite obsolete quite quickly uh and it does it a lot throughout up until where i got to to the point that it just kind of got on my nerves and i was like i i this again is kind of breaking up the gameplay and and the flow and i just wasn't getting on board of it so yeah i just i bounced off of wolfenstein too. yeah i i
0: completely um go along with everything you've said there Mark um, like I, I acknowledge the, the, the flaws and the stealth and stuff like that and that it's really not reinvented the wheel in terms of a first person shooter like it's just kind of like fundamentally sound but not exceptional uh, shooting gameplay it's really the story and the characters that I keep going back for and that's what makes it exceptional to me it's a personal top three I don't know if it's an objective top three Um there are two games that are still on this list that I consider both of them uh, just... The, the, Wolfenstein is my third of these three, and there's a big, big, big gap between that and the other two that I would have in my top three. So um, if if you want Wolfenstein to go, I won't stand in your way.
2: I think I think criticisms of Wolfenstein's gameplay are totally valid. I think it's actually even... I only I only played the first one this year because in, I saw that E3 trailer and I was like, well, I, I gotta play that first one because that looks rad. Um, and I feel like two is even a little regressed from one. I feel like like just as an example, like the placement of some of the commanders throughout the levels. It's like which are the you know the characters who call for backup. It's like they're at the tail end of a level, so it's it's like what well, what the hell? The whole point is usually that you're supposed to take them out first, so you can play. The rest of the mission without fear of backup, but they're they're so oddly placed that it, that it, the, the level design just feels ever so slightly off, and like it's it's kind of unfairly stacked against you. Uh, it, it, whereas Doom kind of knows it's it's a fast paced non cover based shooter. I I don't really know what Wolfenstein is because it's fast and it wants you to dual wield shotguns like a badass, but you also can't take a beating at all in that game. Uh, and it has a lead system, but it's like not great. So I don't, I don't really like taking cover. I've, I never got a feel for that combat. I thought it was super frustrating in parts. Uh, I think the the skill tree, the upgrades that were so great in the first game, there's they're still that method of upgrading is still there in this second one, but it's like less clear. The menu is less intuitive. Uh, yeah, it, it it was actually. I, I really noticed it when I went back to play the side quests after you beat the main game. You know, you can uh, uh, revisit locations to take out like certain Uber commandos or something like that. Uh, I really noticed it when I went back to do that. I was like, oh, this this gunplay doesn't really hold up when you when when you're not stringing together hilarious and dramatic moments with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. it kind of falls apart which is a shame because I I do think there's a core of a good shooter there but I think just some of the design decisions really let it down so I I I think we gave this game it's due elsewhere but uh, I think I think it's fair to cut it here
0: okay right so that's Wolfenstein gone that leaves three and it's my
1: Wolfenstein I just want that to be known
0: (laughs) for let the record show Uh, we're down to three now and it's my turn and Mark knows already where this is going. Um, we need to get an ordered list of three, and it's my turn to say which one is third here. For for me, if if I were to just talk it out like we usually do, Cuphead would be my number three. Um, I've played a bit of it. I've watched most of it. Uh, more appropriately, I've watched Mark to really eat the controller trying to play most of it. Um, and I enjoy... The style of that game a great deal. Um, I think it's got just unreal style and visuals, and I it's a technical marvel in a lot of ways. Um, but peeling back that kind of like the the, the, the visual and the we already talked about the, the music. How like there's one great song, but then a lot of the rest of the the music bounces off me a little bit when it's detached from the the visual. At the end of the day, I. It's not my kind of game, I think, is the way to go. Like, I enjoy platformers, but the kind of, like, uber difficult boss rush platformers, my uh, my days playing those are long since over. My tastes have kind of changed. And I do appreciate the, the boss designs and things like that. But I think the the run and gun levels in that, I, I think, are, are definitely the weakest part of it game gameplay-wise. I don't know about you, Mark, but it definitely feels like the, the run-and-gun sections were an afterthought to, to satisfy the people who got really annoyed when the original E3 demo was just boss stuff. I enjoy a lot of the designs of the boss, but again, it's just going to boil down to that playing it and looking at it, it's just not my kind of game for game of the year. I gave it a go, I gave it an honest try, um, and I, I can say it's 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 distantly my, my third of these three that are left.
3: Yeah, I, I do feel that um the thing that Cuphead has going against it is that you're either on board with that brand of very difficult platforming or you're not. And I can't obviously force someone to be on brand with that. But you know, as the resident platforming prodigy, it would be um it'd be criminal of me to not say simply that I played a lot of side scrolling run-and-gun type games, and most of them are, eh, they're fine, you know, they're clearly uh, hearkening back to um, a yesteryear of a particular style of game, but Cuphead does that, and does it so, f- with such finesse, such fucking style, and class, and grace, um, and has these fucking incredible, boss rush battles that are both visually stunning but also mechanically very clever as well because it's not always just okay you figure out the boss pattern and you're away. Sometimes you've got mini bosses within bosses. So you'll figure out a boss pattern but then oh wait, no he the boss will use a different mini boss. So you, you end up having to learn about six different mini bosses that can come in any order. And once you finally crack them all down, then you will end up at like the last section of the main boss itself and that could be you know what should take about two minutes then becomes 45 minutes of this kind of just re- repetition of learning these patterns and it's genuinely the most rewarding frustrating challenging uh adrenaline fueled gameplay that i've i've played in a long long time like i was expecting cuphead to be good i was not expecting it to be as good as it is mm. um Yes, it is absolutely a Mark Robinson style of game and on that alone it is my game of the year because it is the Mark Robinson style of game like uh, the it fucking it wipes away any Mega Man or anything else I could think of uh, it's that good the the presentation there is no game that looks like it um you know it should have won and I'm glad it won best looking game um I'm much more on board with the soundtrack than than you lot because it kind of adds to the overall kind of gameplay style as well, um I do prefer it to Mario Odyssey uh, like if if I'm gonna quickly kind of put my two cents, I think that Mario Odyssey is a serviceable Mario game. I don't think it's anywhere near I don't think it's anywhere near as uh. As grand. <laughs> I don't think it's anywhere near as grand or epic or as memorable as Mario Galaxy. I don't even think it's as clever or as inventive as the 3D World Land games. (laughs) I think it's a fine Mario game. But I don't think think it's anywhere near as good as the last couple of Mario games.
0: Can I just interject before the wolves come at you, Mark, (laughs) that... I deliberately, until this moment, didn't reveal to Jack or Barry the true depths of your feeling on Mario.
2: I'd given,
0: I'd given Jack kind of an overview that you weren't as hot on it as we were, but I wanted them to hear it live. And I I feel so good about it that they understand now what I've been hearing for a oh, month. Um, so I'll just put it like this. We're down to... Um, Zelda and Mario Odyssey now for one and two. And. <laughs>
2: well, hang on now, hang on now, hang on now. It sounds like. Mark, if Mark said it would be his number one.
3: Yes, that is not a hot take. It would be not I mean, my number
2: does, one. Does, does, I mean, so I'm, I'm out of this because I'm have complaining. Is, is anyone else with him on. on e- it may
3: be no barry i can tell you that no one else is with me on this one (laughs) especially
2: after you just cut that
1: promo on mario yeah
2: well i mean like i think mario is one but like i mean like so i'm in a weird place because i love i love mario i haven't played Cuphead, and i just don't have an affinity for zelda so i was just i was playing devil's advocate and seeing is there a case to be made for Cuphead at two
0: uh no no. Not <laughs> Just so to to kinda not, not to get to it, but no, like I've played through how many islands are on it before you get to the proper endgame stuff, Mark?
3: Uh what in Cuphead? Yeah. Uh so there's three islands and then there's the casino.
0: Right. So I have physically played through the pretty much the entirety of the first island and I have watched Mark play I would say pretty much almost the entire rest of the game. Um and I I can't in all good conscience put it anywhere near the other two. <laughs> okay. Like pers- personally, this wouldn't even be in the top three if it was my list. Um, but yeah. here we are, and I, like I'm glad. I much in the way that for me, soup. Much in the same way for me, Super got in the top three last year, and in 2015, um, Super Mario Maker got in, which was a kind of think Jack, were you fighting on behalf of that? And we were both kind of fighting on behalf of Mark to make sure that I finished in the top three when he was in China. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I it think it's cool. like
1: getting. That was an apology for Metal Gear Solid coming number two. I think as well. Yeah.
0: Um, I think that um, it's it's cool that a passion project got into the top three for the, the third year in a row. It's not but, a
3: passion project. It's a fucking great game.
0: Yeah, but what I mean is, it's definitely. A Stardew gra- Valley
3: like, was a passion project.
0: Uh huh. It's definitely kind of what I mean. Is it's the Listen, it's the, the let, personal let choice.
2: Let's talk about Hellblade, right? right? Let's get uh, this, this tacked on the yeah, table Let's here. just start
0: adding games in, because we haven't talked for long enough about them. So, Final um, Fantasy
1: Twelve, guys. Uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jack, I was with you up to a point, all, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, all right? Just kidding, mate.
0: Okay, so here we are. We're faced with uh, Mario and Zelda, which is a real, again, third in a row. It's a very tough choice um, that's going to come down to personal preferences at the end of the day. I'm going to let um, Jack and... The, and, and buried now, uh, whichever one of you wants to offer your repast to the, the promo that Mark has just cut on super Mario odyssey.
2: Well, <laughs> like if he, if he, I, I would, I would, I will say that I, I agree that I don't think it's like uh revolutionary. Um, I think the cappy thing is fantastic, but it's not going to be any kind of, uh Genre-defining thing. I don't imagine it'll be popping up in other games. I, I think this is just going to be the cute gimmick that 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 made this game. uh That was this game's hook, you know. Uh, I I do think that, especially because I mentioned, you know, when I was talking about how Yakuza Zero stuck with me longer than Mario. I I, I did finish this game. Put a couple of hours into the post-game. And I've just kind of drifted away to it with no desire to to go to go back to it. So in some ways I, I do kind of agree with Mark and says that the best thing about this, at its core, it's just a really great platformer. You know, it's it's um, and what I loved about it was the more so than the the happy go lucky presentation or the cappy gimmick was just the simple ingenuity of the levels. Um, and it is just a masterfully designed um, uh, platformer, so I I have no problem at all, you know, if if Mark thinks it's maybe, you know, I think most of his criticisms are fine, I obviously don't agree as strongly as he does with some of what what he said, but I don't think anything he said is necessarily incorrect, but I still think that I, I would still have it at number one, because it is so satisfying to play, I do feel like everything from from how it controls to like the just hidden enough that you feel good when you find a secret star or moon rather Um, you know, the um, it's the perfect balance of, of challenge. There's tons of segments in there that I, that took me a while to finish, but they were always just within my grasp. You know, it was always just a slight misstep by myself, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, Every, every half hour or so I was having you know a, a real Eureka moment right where, where I figured something out um, it, it really it, it's just it's just a master class of level design and they wrapped it all up in this just gorgeous happy cheery good mood aesthetic that um, I, I think it's totally fair to, to say that it's not you're reinventing the wheel and it's not changing the genre but it but you know is that necessarily what you want from from the game of the year. Because if it is, I can totally see the case for Zelda. Because mm. Zelda is like this it's like kind of like Battlegrounds, which none of us have played. Um but it feels like Zelda finally and Battlegrounds both finally made something of the of the uh, survival genre, which for five years now people have been saying is going to be the next big thing and it's it never quite has except for minecraft which isn't even really a survival game it's like you know when when did daisy blow up properly like what five five years ago and everyone was like this is this is going to be the most popular thing and it inspired lots of other things don't get me wrong but when but when did it did an actually properly finished game come out that used some of those uh techniques zelda obviously using very very few of them but there is a real it is it is a triple a 10-pole release from a gigantic publisher that has that kind of harsh go on an adventure and figure it out for yourself uh uh idea you know go and chop down some trees you know go and go and craft some weapons go and hunt some some uh some some animals to make yourself a potion to survive longer you know it it, it did use some of those elements so 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 yeah i mean i i i think mario is more gratifying but i feel like zelda is pushing a few more boundaries yeah uh, and i and i guess it's a, per- it's a personal preference i i personally just i i thought the instant gratification of mario was was, was way more enjoyable uh and, and for me it's it's the easy number one here but uh, you know it, i i am interested to hear what jack says on, on this because i i can see the i can see the divide here pretty clearly
1: wow jack. yeah um that made a lot of points that that I was gonna make, um, on Mario. I mean, specifically with the level design like you picked up on Barry, the thing I love about um and I know it's something I heard Mark say on another one of the shows, like he doesn't like that there are just moons like lying around. But I love the fact that there's everything from like a moon that is obvious and visual and you can easily figure it out to get to, like, something that is so bastard hard you would spend, like, 15 or 20 minutes trying to obtain it. And, like, that, that is, fucking like That
0: fucking 2D side. level, the 2D level in the Mushroom Kingdom still bothers
1: yeah. me. Exactly, yeah, where you've got, like, the platform and you can go between becoming 2D and 3D, and I'm not even entirely sure how they managed to do that, because it seems really complicated to my very simplistic <laughs> video gaming brain. But um, I just that alone is what kept me going back to the levels finishing the game and it didn't make it into moment of the year even though i nominated it and the f- i mean spoiler alert here but the fact that you actually get to possess bowser at the end of the game for the first time in a yeah. mario, like legit mario title you are then bowser and you could just smash shit the Fuck up! There's no better way of saying it with Bowser to get out of the level and and, and complete the game like that. I just thought that, that should was have been really a
2: moment of cool. the year. Now, now that I think about it, that should yeah. have been
1: a. a, a I nominated thing. it, but um, I'm gonna uh, all the blame. I'm gonna put on Dave here for not for not putting it in the list. Hello, like that, <laughs> <laughs> that and like a few other moments in in the game, like just. It kept me going back to it. I became obsessed with it. I took my Switch to work. I was playing it on my lunch breaks. Like, Zelda was very much a completely immersive experience where, like, when I played Zelda, like, I wanted to have a couple of hours. I didn't feel like I could ever just do ten minutes of Zelda. Whereas I could play mario for 10 minutes and get two two moons or i could play mario for three hours and i could get like 40 or 50 moons i didn't really care like it was always something that i wanted to pick up and play i've not felt that excited about like a hundred percent completing a game for a very very long time like the idea of it all being over after that big scene and i know barry said you you, you kind of didn't want to go back to it as much but but i did because it was like the idea of all these brilliantly crafted levels with all these like varying difficulties of moons that I've just completely glossed over. Like There's experiences in the game that I hadn't actually got to and I had such a fantastic time with it that I felt like I kind of almost owed it to myself to be like, right, go and check some of these out. And there were some really, really cool moons and some really awesome bits of level design like right from dropping down into like little mazes or different things to like switching from possessing bullet bills and all that kind of stuff and unlocking all the costumes even like little touches like being able to be like in the waluigi costume or wario costume or like all of the references like it was a completely all-encompassing reference to every mario and every walk like right back to like you know, Famicom and, and Game Boy games and, like, Mario Party 2, shout out to Jeff Gertzman, and, like, it just Jeez. seemed, like, the perfect, like, it, it's like it's always it's been building up to this all this time. Now, I mean, you can argue about where you put it in terms of, like, the quality of the gameplay in amongst the Mario series, personally i'd see it as like just below 64 because 64 was like a a life-altering experience when it came out maybe this doesn't have that because it is a platformer it is a mario game everybody kind of knows what it is by now but it is just such a good one you know it's like when you hear a, 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 a guitar band come out like oasis everybody like had heard bands that sounded like them before they were just a rock and roll band, but like they captured like an entire generation by just being really good at what they did and being really honest and straightforward and like nothing particularly complex about them. Even though Mario is kind of like that, this this is the Switch's Oasis moment of like, that is the defining game to me for the even though that Zelda is amazing and it really is it, I love it I think it's incredible I mean any other year I putting that at the top and I never thought I'd say that about a Zelda game but like Mario it doesn't matter if you're like 5 or 50 you're going to enjoy this game just as much and yeah love it it's my number one I've I've outed myself right here <laughs> um I think
0: before we just put it to a vote, I want to, and maybe Mark wants to tag up on it then as well, um, talk about Zelda. And like, it is, it's so tough. Like, it comes down to really, like Jack said earlier about a different category, what it is like picking between your favorite children. And both of these games filled me with a huge amount of joy this year and the, like, just the fucking hellscape that 2017 is. Just everything in the world is fucking awesome awful but video games have been good um and no two made me smile more than than both of these games and super mario odyssey you know mark has his he has his problems with it and some of them i agree with some of them i don't we've hashed it out on the podcast before just a normal weekly one so i'm not going to kind of reopen that cold case here um Uh, The difference between the two of them for me when it comes down to making a decision is that um, Mario is one of the best games in its entire series. Um, For me, personally, I prefer it to Galaxy. I prefer it to everything but 64. Um, I don't think... Uh, as joyous as As it is i don't think it can recapture that magic like i think jack said something about mario 64 being life-changing and it was um for me and and for a lot of people who played it at the time Uh, so it's my second favorite in the entire series but i'm 110 hours into the into breath of the wild um it's legitimately and i'm not being hyperbolic here i i I knew it was going to come to this point i knew from the very start mark will tell you that it was going to be these two games um and whereas mario is one of my favorite games in the series and one of my favorite games of the year breath of the wild is one of my favorite games period ever um i'm not I'm not exaggerating at all um I think it's you talk about the level design being brilliant in Mario and it is and it's not me trying to kind of distance myself from Mario or say that it's distinctly better than Mario or anything like that Mario is a masterfully designed game it's beautiful it's fun it's joyous it's all these things but Breath of the Wild is just this thing it it genuinely much like it has with Mark I I thought like I said that Witcher 3 two years ago was one of my favorite games of generation and it was this open world game but it was just an open world as we had already understood it done almost perfectly whereas this, like Mark said has completely altered my perception of what an open world game can and should be um the ingenuity of the game design in this is something that still to this day i cannot fucking wrap my head around at all some of the exploits people have figured out in the games that are obviously intentionally put there for you to figure out the systems the way things work like people finding their way around electric current puzzles by realizing that their metal weapons conduct electricity and then laying out all their weapons in a line to try and connect the the, the wire so that the, they can beat the puzzle. Um, the different ways people have figured out about doing that. Just the, the simple act of, as Mark said, you can point at somewhere in this massive, massive open world and you can just go there. And the fact that this system is able to allow you to do that with only some minor technical hitches. Like the, Mark said in the, the first part of the show that like sometimes it gets a bit weird with the grass, but even in... like when you're playing that in TV mode when the performance is boosted the only time that that really really comes into effect is in the oh in the fucking in the forest where you find the uh, the master sword um it still Lost gets Blitz. a bit the Lost Woods, it, it still gets a bit hitchy in there, even if you're in TV mode. And I do totally take on board that, like, the, the voice acting is definitely not up to scratch. Although people have said to me that the the, the original Japanese voice acting, if you turn that on, is far and away better. Um, but just in terms of, I like, I'm not... So it really is the, just
3: like a Studio Ghibli film? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
0: I, the the art style the, the gameplay the again the, the not holding your hand letting you figure everything out the ingenuity I know Mark said he got a bit tired of the one theme in going along with how the kind of the, the visual style in the shrines but I fucking love that I love going in and going right because it's all one basic theme there's no hint from my environment as to how to solve it this is going to take brain power and skill to figure out these shrines and I'm still getting challenged in the minute like a hundred and 10 hours in there are still some of the new shrines that i'm coming across that i'm still completely left scratching my head and just staring and trying to figure out those shrines are designed so fucking brilliantly to take away from you the things you rely on out in the wider world and make you just not try and game the system make you try and and be a really proficient player at it um there's so much to that game that i love i think the weapon durability is actually really good, much in the same way that we kind of praised um the way Doom is with its kind of forcing you to use different weapons. The the fact that the weapons break or that the shields break or the bows break makes you vary up your gameplay based on the situation and try different things and try new things. And The only thing that separates the two of these in my mind, uh, like if I have to cast a vote, is that the two of these are excellent game of the worthy game of the year winners in any year. And they happen to be in the same year together. And when I look at them side by side, only one has significantly... added or changed a perception of an entire genre whereas the other one and this is not a fault at all is just a refined and excellent version of the kind of game you expected it to be in the first place uh, i don't know if you want to add anything to mark to that mark before we go to a vote
3: nope nope you you pretty much uh yeah you um added on top of my points and i i i don't disagree with anything you said there
0: okay So I think the thing to do is to go to a vote. And I am going to vote for Breath of the Wild as number one. Mark. Uh,
3: Cuphead, followed by Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Thanks, Mark.
1: (laughs) Barry. Uh,
2: Mario Odyssey.
1: Jack. Mario Odyssey, followed by Breath of the Wild. told you we needed that fifth person
0: (laughs) yeah to add 25% more chat to the running time and guess
3: what I'm not fucking changing my decision this time
0: yeah me either I'm still like I genuinely it's a case of uh, if it was any other game I would would be tempted to change my mind but I have been playing games for 23 years by my reckoning if I'm counting it right and um, Breath of the Wild is legitimately top ten ever for me, and I haven't even finished it.
3: Wow! I'll not be budged. I tell you it's one thing: th- we're def- we're definitely it- saying here is that the Switch is the winner. <laughs> Switch! Oh my God! The I Switch!
2: Mean, God damn! What a system, um, lads! What a
0: system! I like. I I love. Like I've already put in. It's only been out a month, and I've already put fifty five hours. I think into odyssey i love odyssey to bits and i really feel bad that i can't vote for it as my game of the year but But you can dave you can vote for it yeah physically i can but my heart can't i i genuinely there is nothing that like i smile so much playing both of these games mario is such a joyous experience but genuinely i am completely in fucking awe of breath of the wild every moment i play it um I I just I I can't I can't budge
2: I you know if this was a Hitman Doom situation I know I didn't budge on Hitman but like that was a more conceivable budge for me but as the year goes on I'm not not sure Zelda even makes my top 10 even though I I came around and I did I have ended up enjoying it and I, I will keep playing it I'll probably finish it eventually it's just it there's a pretty big disparity between Mario and, and and Zelda on my on my personal list, so I I don't know if I could really change either on that. Um, yeah, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> I feel kind of like if I did change, I wouldn't. I'd be lying to myself a little bit because i I just I I fell in love with Mario Odyssey from playing that, and as I I really like Zelda, but. I don't, I don't want to budge off Mario because I just loved playing it so much. It made me so happy, and you know, not wanting to play the emotional card, fellas. But I've had a terrible uh, back half of the year, and Mario Odyssey kept me going through some really, really horrible shit. So, I think that might yeah. be slightly clouding my judgment just a little bit too.
0: So we're at a gridlock an impasse i think does it just mean cuphead wins no it does not mean cuphead I wins mark. It's a cup. <laughs> yeah, no do you know what do you know what fucking cuphead's going to number four now mark i hope you're happy with that <laughs> <laughs> that's what this happens
1: time three i am
0: capricious do not fuck with me on this <laughs> um i i I think, and I don't think we'll ever have it, because we were even able to get past the Hitman and Doom deadlock last year. I think I could feel comfortable in saying that we're probably not going to encounter a situation as special as this anytime soon. And I'm I'm just going to float it out there and say that I'm happy to call it a tie.
3: Well, remember that the Hitman Doom thing we eventually got round because I just wanted to go to bed, so I picked Hitman.
0: But then but then in in hindsight as well, Jack wishes he had voted for Hitman because he loves Hitman now, but he hadn't played it at the time.
1: Yeah. I mean yeah. it's like listening to some like disposable pop song playing Doom that you absolutely love and you, it means an awful lot to you, but playing hitman and going through the detail of that there's like a fucking yeah. dark side of the but, moon where you're just unpicking bits yeah. and pieces every time you
2: know you know what has yeah. a dark side of the moon
1: mario hey um it does, and a darker yeah, side of the moon which is bastard bastard hard
0: yeah. and i had to break the tie in year one uh having to choose between witcher 3 and metal gear solid 5 uh i i very much doubt we'll get to that situation ever again. So I, I don't know about you guys, but like much as we tried to not get ties in this category, I, I feel there's something that feels a little bit right about making them both game of the year here and maybe bunching what got eliminated before Cuphead, bunching Cuphead to number two and then something else. Uh, maybe did Wolfenstein two get bumped last?
2: Wolfenstein and Cuphead were the other other two. Yeah, so
0: we could go joint winners, Cuphead 2, Wolfenstein 3.
2: I think that's fair. I think we did a good job of of in the other categories. We we forewent uh, a tie where at all possible. I think we compromised where we could, and I think in the past we've compromised on Game of the Year as well. But I think there's a pretty clear line in the sand. I think there's, I think the Mario people are unwaveringly Mario, and I think the Zelda people are unwaveringly Zelda. I, yeah. I, I, we could we can stay here for another hour and do this. Yeah. The result, the,
0: the, yeah. The only way to get like the only way to get anywhere but a tie here is to uh, keep talking until one of us gets annoyed. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Are you guys happy with that? Just around the table.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not happy with it, but I also can't see a compromise here. So, yeah, not I think a lot that can be done.
0: Yeah, I think if ever there was going to be a year where it's tied, like, it just hits home because we said it from the very start, guys. 2017 has been an exceptional year for video games. Um, And no greater evidence of that than a a fucking deadlock for game of the year. Um, But you can't
1: have Wolfenstein at three because, like, if you've got a joint top, then you have to have joint top to third. That's that's kind of the way that works.
0: Okay. If that's what you want as to do. I, I love want.
1: Wolfenstein. Like that would be if, 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 Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's right. I think yeah. that's right.
0: If you want to incur the wrath of BJ Blazkowicz, fine.
1: <laughs> but
0: uh, okay. Right. I'm willing to call it unless anyone wants to make a last ditch change of heart, even though everyone is completely in the foxholes on this. Um, the 2017. 2017- come round. <laughs> no work. Come on, Mark. <laughs> no Don't go Mark. to the dark side. No, 2017 like, game have, of the year they I the told you down.
3: that Mario is a fine game but it is not game of the year and you will not get that out of me
0: I was just waiting for you just to try and pop them and say Sunshine was better but you didn't
3: <laughs> no because I'm not that much of a monster like, I'm a troll but I'm not, not a monster Dan <laughs> I am not Dan Rikert.
0: 2017 game of the year number 3 Cuphead and joint winners Super Mario Odyssey and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild
3: Got it. Whew.
0: That's it, gentlemen. Over for another year. Um Game of the Year is decided, it is locked. We can put twenty seventeen behind us and look forward to twenty eighteen when hopefully it won't be nearly as busy and uh harmful to my wallet. Uh now, I want to thank the lads for being
1: game of the year is Death Stranding by <laughs> the... Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> the spreadsheet starts tomorrow. Um I want to thank the lads for being on the show mark obviously who's on each and every week my co-host uh jack and barry we really do sincerely we appreciate, appreciate. any time you come on the show particularly when you're committing this much time to it um we enjoy chatting to you even when we're not recording it for posterity but uh thank you very much both of you, for being on again we really appreciate we'll it watch. and we hope, hope we can do it again Thanks next mate. year if we're if we've all managed to survive
3: <laughs> the actual um, real game of the year was rollercoaster tycoon for mobile thank you good night
0: <laughs> and on that <laughs> note uh, this has been game of the year 2017 from your friends at Uh I've been Dave Ryan and from Mark Robinson Jack Lazell and Barry Murphy happy new yeah. year and good luck in 2018 everyone
3: there'll be peace when you are done lay your weary head to rest don't
0: you cry hey guys let's stop talking about video games <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs>
3: I, I hate them now
1: so lame <laughs> okay.
3: masquerading as a man with a reason my charade is the event of the season and if I claim to be a wise man it surely means that I don't know on the stormy sea oh Tossed about him like a ship on the ocean. I set a course for winds of fortune. But I hear you say, Carry on my.